0: Up YouTube, I'm Robert, and this is the Biker Bar Podcast live stream. Live stream, and man, I didn't even remember to move my mic over. This sounds like shit. What's up, YouTube? There we go. Let's try that again. Now, hopefully, you guys can hear me. And um, I'm going to go ahead and rant for a minute. So, I was thinking today that. As much as I'd love to tell you guys that I don't want to quit my job and be a full-time YouTuber, I would love to be a full-time YouTuber. And whether that means like just making like POV videos or just doing my podcast or doing a combination of the two or whatever it means, I think the first step for me doing that right now is getting people on, on Patreon. So if you guys want a sticker pack and you want to watch somebody like come to like be able to make one of those, like little, those dreams come true. Like when, what made me think about it was, was watching BKXE. like when his channel first came out, that was what was so cool because it was like, you got to live vicariously through him. You got to see him go quit his job and like start doing this thing that he was really excited about. If you guys want to see that with me, swing by Patreon, seriously. It's, you can do it for as little as a buck, get yourself some coupons, save some money, Or you can do it for five bucks and uh, get some stickers, some extra content. That's the thing that I've been working on lately. I'm trying to do one video a week that is Patreon only video. And uh, I think I was a little late on my video. I might've been two weeks last week, but at this point I have about five or six different videos up there that are all exclusive to Patreon. Not like a long cut of another video that's on actually YouTube, just like only for Patreon people. That's five bucks a month and if you really want to stand behind me man there's a 25 dollars tier and that that would be awesome but anyways i'm not for i'm not forcing any of you guys to do anything everybody's out there working hard making their money however they're doing it and i feel like just with a little more support that i'm close man i mean we we could we could build this this empire together right if you guys don't wanna spend any money, do me a favor, go by Instagram or Facebook, whichever one of those two you use. Um, there's a few people on Twitter and follow me there. That's cool. You'll get to see some extra content for free. You'll get to know what kind of what I'm up to. Um, outside of that, if you, you wanna support in a different way, but you wanna get something out of it, you can swing by the biker website, B1KER, and get yourself a hat, man, get yourself a shirt. I'm not I'm not making like a killing on that stuff. At the most, I'm making like five bucks, dude. So it's like you get a hat like the one I'm wearing right now, and you're throwing five bucks my way and we part ways or whatever. You get the you get to rep the channel, and uh that's that. So it's you're not locked into anything. So I'm asking you guys for the support. I'm hoping to see it, and uh you're gonna have to just keep listening to me rant about it until either that happens or um some like angel investor comes by and just starts sponsoring shit out of the show. So <laughs> we'll see what happens first, man. I have the I have the most most belief like in you guys. So we'll go from there. Let's go ahead and bring on this week's guest, episode 84, Mr. Tonka. What's up, man? Yo. How's it going, dude? It's going.
1: You think I drove it home with that? I think well, I think you did. I don't know if you remember, but I think I was your first patron. Were you really? I think so. Um, I feel like a dick
0: for not remembering that. Honestly,
1: no. I think you started it up, and I think uh, I think you wrote something on there. If I could just get one person to be a patron, I, I would be. I've, I would consider it a success. Yeah. And I was. I signed up, and I was like, boom, success. And now I
0: should just quit. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am, years later, still begging for money, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you doing that, dude. I do. I do seem to remember it now that you said that. So that's rad man you know i was i was really talk, thinking about that the other day when i was you know you know the shit you come up with while you're climbing
1: <laughs> you well, know? not really because i live like, in florida so oh yeah huh well you, you remember stuff ever- i come up with when we're like when you're like you're bonking and you're like kind of right. like like wasting away just keep pedaling and stuff that's similar that's, i guess
0: that's it yeah yeah i was like i was just grinding up this freaking hill and i was thinking about. The channel growing or whatever, and and it just really made me think about how exciting it was to watch BKXE go through the process when he started. like I think it that's was, what man. like I think that's what really can like separated him from a bunch of us that were all doing similar stuff, you know.
1: And that attitude he had was just like it was like I'm going full steam ahead. And yeah. if I fail, I f- I'm going to fail fabulously or yeah. I'm going to succeed fabulously. It's like, it was one or the other and that was it. Yeah.
0: Were you making content before him or was he like another one? Were you another one oh, no. that was inspired by him?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I think I found, I found Seth, um, like a week after I started mountain biking, I went on uh-huh. my first time. I went like off road mountain biking with some friends. um, yeah in like June, of, May of 2017. Mm-hmm. And this one of the five guys that I was meeting who I didn't know had a, a GoPro, a hero session on his helmet. And, you know, like a week later, he sent us all the, the videos and whatnot, which were super lame. <laughs> and, and then <laughs> I was like, but this could be cool. And so then I started looking at some some videos and I, I found Seth's channel and it was right when he got the, the M writer Zion gimbal. Oh, and I okay. was like, no, that's rad. And so I yeah. ordered a gimbal right then. It was just, you know, nothing. I wasn't, had no aspirations for YouTube or whatever. And I just ordered a gimbal just to record what we were doing and what we were going through. It was gonna be better than the guys session on his helmet, Teletubby yeah, yeah. engagement. And um, and yeah, so that's basically how I found Seth. And then when they did the, um, the uh, porcupine rim, Trail with him and Alex. That's when I found Brian and Alex, and have basically been subs for those guys. Like from that point on, I think Alex was at, at two thousand subs at the time. Yeah, he and was really small when they did that. I think Seth was only fifty thousand when well, we say only, but right you know, for his two point whatever million he is now, that only is is fifty. But yeah, um, but that's funny
0: that you say that because, I mean. Brian must have been like maybe 10 or 15,000 or something like that maybe. Yeah, maybe I'm not even sure. I bet he was like 10 or something. But those numbers seemed huge to me at the time.
1: Yeah. You know? Like they still are. I mean like what 12,000? Yeah. I mean, I mean I can't really I can't complain about anything. I rarely ever put videos out. So Yeah.
0: But I mean, you've had some some knock it out the park. We'll get to that in a minute though and uh in a minute though. I think that you hit you know, on something a minute ago as well that I wanted to talk about. And that was, you're in Florida, dude. How the hell did you get into mountain biking in Florida?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, growing up, I've always had a mountain bike, which, you know, is mm-hmm. a hard tail bike with a hundred millimeters of front suspension and mm-hmm. a 90 millimeter stem, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no dropper, but, uh, I use that for like just riding around town. Um, there was a there was like a two or three month period where me and a bunch of guys would meet like Wednesdays after work and we'd go ride downtown Tampa and try to ride some, find some fun stuff to ride. Right. Um, but off-road mountain biking didn't happen until June of 17. But, um, so for a long time I was, uh, you know, I'm a fat kid at heart. I love Mm -hmm. my ice cream, love cookies. Dang it. I I meant to bring a cookie out here with me, but, um, (laughs) But I, and like you, I went through a, a weight loss journey, and uh-huh. so I lost a total of like 55 pounds. I was at like 245, uh-huh. uh, 240-ish, 510.
0: Okay, yeah. So I was, and you're pretty plump.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got down to like 175 uh-huh. and and then put a little weight back on the right way, I think. And Yeah. I think I'm like 185, 188 now, but Fair um in that time frame, I started road biking because my wife, she was a triathlete or is a triathlete, she rode bikes. So, you know, I got a road bike in December of
0: 2016. We so she's doing that
1: stuff all along, and you just weren't interested. Yeah, she'd been doing it for like nine years. Yeah, before, yeah, I, so. before I got a road bike.
0: Right, you were and like, "That's um, your thing, whatever." I'm going to go freaking eat cookies.
1: My thing was like play video games in the morning and you know yeah. do whatever, yeah. eat donuts, Right. right? Um, <laughs> Which is fun too.
0: Yeah, it is. It's (laughs) a
1: little less rewarding, you know, like around noon, but whatever. (laughs) So we went on this epic like cycling trip. That's why I got a bike because Uh um, I recommended this trip out in Montana. It's like a it's 360 miles over six days and like twenty five thousand feet of climbing over those same six days. And it's road biking through Montana tent camping every night. And I suggested it before you were a mountain biker or before you were riding bike. I gave, I gave her that idea to do with friends. I was like, "Here, uh, give okay. get one of your girlfriends and go out on this ride. It'd be yeah, fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. I got it.
1: And all her girlfriends were like tent camping pass. Yeah. Right. Um, but You're she like was really stoked on hotel camping. <laughs> right? Yeah. She was really stoked on it. So, um, she kept bugging me. She's like, you need to do this trip with me And you brought it to at my attention. I don't have anybody to go with and you need to do it with me. And, and I had started losing weight, like on, like, I think it was July 4th. My dad and I were hiking and um some lady some overweight 60 year old lady passed us on the trail when i was resting
0: <laughs> i was like oh, wow. all
1: right I gotta make a change and that's really
0: um, cool and that, that's kind of like in common because i started this one right on like after the fourth of july as well
1: yeah that's funny. yeah
0: yeah i think it was the fifth was my first day
1: same here i got my fitness pal and started going but so i i had already lost like 20 pounds around december and i was like uh-huh. And this trip wasn't until August of the following year, and I'm like, "I can do that." and my friends are like, "You could train for Tour de France in that amount of time." <laughs> but um I was a little reluctant about it, but um so I got a road bike and started training, and I literally like ten miles a week was where I started with with biking wow.
0: and um on the road bike, too, ten miles is not far.
1: No, it's yeah, not, far. No, you know, like yeah. And I would I would get home and I would be like lightheaded and nauseous because of you know, actually doing exercise. <laughs> and uh, so I built that You're up.
0: You're really out of shape, dude. Yeah, like yeah. bad
1: <laughs> uh, I think I, I built that up to like I was doing two hundred miles a week the last couple of weeks before the trip. Wow. And so that was in eight months time. Uh yeah. built up to that, really slow and like steady like that's and, a lot of miles in a week, too. 200. I mean. Yeah. yeah. So the trip was, like, great. The trip was not a problem. You know, if I right. was doing 200 miles in a regular week, you know, with work and everything else, like, this trip is, like, you wake up at 7 in the morning, and all you have to do is ride your bike, like, 70 or 80 miles. Like, right. you have all day to do it. Yeah, yeah. And then when you're done, there's, like, gourmet food waiting for you, and they've set up your tent somewhere else, and, you know, it's, like, piece of cake. Do More they like still glamping do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're a big oh, company. I'm- Oh uh, if,
0: if I mention it to my lady, she's gonna be like on it, we'll be gone for sure. Yep.
1: Yeah, put that road bike to use.
0: Yeah. Well.
1: So many other trips, dude. We've we've been to Italy with them. Um, she's been to Mallorca with them. They do Montana Gravel, they do Tucson road biking, they do what's the, what's the name of that company? Road biking. The cycling house.
0: The cycling house. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check it out, man. That sounds like, dude, if I told the lady that i was gonna go ride road bikes with her for a week to do something like that oh man
1: major major i think i could just
0: place. i could come home and the next like i could come home just shit on the fucking counter and she'd be okay with it man she'd be like i can't believe he did he's gonna do that all i do is bitch the whole time we're road biking like you know we could be mountain biking today like if we go hiking <laughs> she likes h- hiking i'm like you know this truck would be awesome if we were on a bike <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs> i do these I things with her I have to like zip the lip whenever we're hiking. I'm like, God, I wish I was on a bike right now. Whenever we're hiking any trail, it could be so gnarly. Like you're stepping down and jumping down stuff. And I was like, Man, I wish I had a bike. She's like, You can't ride a bike on this. I'm like, Oh yeah, I can. Yeah, it would be a lot easier. (laughs) Worst case scenario, I'd get hurt and I'd just sit here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're they're good people. That cycling house, like you would enjoy that trip, even though it's road biking. yeah. Like when you're there, it's like totally immersive, and there's really cool people. Yeah. um and it's just and the people it's like it's an ex-pro cyclist an ex-pro triathlete who uh. started this company and they basically they hire they're basically they're they're good friends they're like lifelong friends yeah and they they built it up they've got really good guides really good chefs um yeah everything's inclusive i mean oh that's so rad
0: my lady's a foodie too so she'd be like oh. in heaven man
1: dude the food was way better than the writing and Montana yeah. riding is really good. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine
0: it's beautiful there. I, I haven't been to Montana, but um, just judging by the parts of the country I've been close to there, I, I could I could see it being really, really pretty.
1: Well, have you ever been to Glacier National Park? Uh-uh, no. So they've got this going to the sun road there that was built oh, of, forever ago. The guy ago. That does
0: my tattoos is doing that.
1: Yeah? This so year. it's like, that's like one of the more brutal. It's the first day out. Um, you, it's like an 11 mile steady 5% grade. Um, took like two and a half hours, maybe, yeah, like two and a half hours to climb it. You get to the top, you go through the park. There's just like amazing views everywhere. Yeah. Um, you're in a national park, so the road's small. And when you go in there, you go in really early. So there's not really any cars on the road. Yeah. Uh, So that part's awesome. You have to go in early because if you go in too late, they cut you off because there's too many cars. Yeah, that's what my guy was saying.
0: He was saying you can't ride between like ten and four or something like that because too many cars going both ways. Only vehicles, yeah. And then he said, "See, he said so. What they're going to do is they're going to do like a moonlight ride and go up there." I was like, "Oh, that sounds rad." Yeah,
1: I don't know. But I mean, full moon riding that would be rad, huh? Uh, And with a full moon riding that road would be super cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it would be because like you would just have mountain ranges in the background all lit up by the moon. That would be awesome.
0: Yeah, oh, that's that's yeah, I'm in, man. I'm gonna have to tell you when we're going. Then you guys you guys could come too. that'd be rad.
1: Yeah, it's it's so good. So such good stuff. And they've got trips everywhere now, too. It's like, like I said, we went to Italy. So we spent like a like a week in Tuscany riding. This was a pretty easy trip. So it was only like 40, 50 miles a day. Yeah, like 3000 feet of climbing. Yeah, really doable. And then you stay at this this converted farm that's a bed and breakfast. And these it's basically an Italian family there. And you just get the most authentic Tuscan Italian food you could ever ask for. Oh like, my all week long.
0: Dude, yeah. And you, then I, I need more people on Patreon just so I can do these trips, dude.
1: Yeah. It's funny. But that first trip we went on, it was like thirteen hundred bucks in Montana. Yeah. And now I think the same one's like like almost three grand per person. Wow. It's just gotten so popular. And yeah. They're they're booked out for like almost a year and a half. Like if you want to go on a trip, you gotta it's gotta be like almost two years out to get in. What? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Damn it. Now you ruined it. Wah-wah.
1: Well, they only take well, they're just starting up now too. So because they've been locked down like everybody else. Yeah. And so um they might not Damn. be full up, but all right, And I don't think the domestic stuff is that far out like the Italy and Mallorca, Spain and all that other yeah. stuff is.
0: That Italy one sounds good. That one sounds it, really good.
1: It was nice. We took we took like um, like another four or five days. And we went down and stayed a day at the Isle of Capri and then stayed in Rome for a few days. Did the yeah. whole touristy thing. Yeah, I know my lady fun. went
0: to, to Italy when she was younger and she almost like stayed. So that she would she be amped on that. I, I went I've been to Italy when I was, when I lived in Europe and it was it was pretty rad. I didn't get to be on the mainland though. I was out in the, one of the islands called Sardinia. Mm. So but it was really cool. I I I love Europe though, man. It's like really I, I love all the history and the culture and yeah. It's just uh
1: just goes back so far.
0: Yeah. It's like way better than like track homes and stucco, you know, like <laughs> It's like, what are we doing over here, man?
1: (laughs) Like, can we grow some culture? Right? Put
0: some water on it or something. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. So, so that trip basically got you riding, like, yeah,
1: that was the original question. That was a long tangent. Um, Yeah,
0: no, it doesn't matter, man. We got, we got time, brother.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that. So when we got back um, from Montana, I was kind of, I didn't know if I would still like cycling or not. And I got my bike back. Actually, my bike was gone for a week because I used bike flights Uh and so we got home and then a week later my bike showed up and when it did, I was like stoked to get on riding again. Mm -hmm. And um, so one of the things I did is I I shipped my bike out um, a month, I mean, a week before that ride, but I still wanted to get a ride in. So I rode the only mountain bike I had at the time, which was a a specialized Enduro Evo. So. Coil, coil shock, coil fork, um, Mm -hmm. enduro from specialized 2011. Uh Um, I got that because the bike I would ride around town, I didn't ever maintain it. And the air shock would always get busted up and Mm -hmm. I'd always have to try to rebuild it. And then I wouldn't ride it for months and months and months, and then it would be bad. And so I was like, I'm going to coil, going to coil. And the guys at the shop tried to talk me out of it and they couldn't. (laughs) So for that week, my road bike was gone. I was riding that thing down on some trails. And I was like, this thing sucks to ride <laughs> in Florida. Like, You're like, just sucks. like the guys said. <laughs> yes, it was the most, and I was, and I'm, I'm riding like, like XC trails, not even like, not like today's XC trails, but like yeah, XC yeah. trails of like six years ago, basically yeah, yeah. just a grass path that's been worn down. Yeah, Yeah. And it was just the most miserable experience I ever had. And on that trip. Um, so I started in that week, I started researching. I was like, I got to get a lighter mountain bike. And, yeah. um, so I started researching stuff. I was like, I, I got criteria. I want something that rolls over rocks and stuff. Easy I want something that pedals. Well, and then something that's light uh-huh. and full suspension. And so everything right. I was reading pointed to me at it, at a Yeti SB
0: 4.5. Oh yeah, and, that makes sense. That totally makes sense.
1: Yeah. So on this Montana trip, one of the guides owns a bike shop in Whitefish, Montana, and she's a Yeti dealer. Uh-huh. And um, so she started telling me about it and her partner that she was, you know, in business with, um, you know, they were telling me about it and everything. And so it basically confirmed everything I read. And then, so when I got back, I decided to order one. Um, yeah. so I think it was like November of, uh, 2016 that I got it. I think it was that, November, 2016. Yeah. So it was a 2017 model and I didn't ride it until like May of the <laughs> next year. Cause you were a full like, on roadie dude. Well, and, and I don't know anybody. I didn't know any mountain bikers and I didn't know where to go. Yeah. Like all the stuff that's here and around here now. I mean, I grew up in Florida, but right. all the stuff that's here now that, you know, there was nothing here before. It was like, if yeah, you yeah. wanted a mountain bike on something that you were on somebody else's trails, but even then you weren't even mountain biking. Cause all they did is build BMX jumps. Uh huh. So there were no trails being built anywhere unsanctioned or otherwise.
0: It's a lot of that, you know, kind of back in the area that you're in, even up into Georgia. I know one of my buddies is in kind of like South Georgia and he was wanting to get into mountain biking from watching my videos. And I was like looking around and it was like, there's like old fire, like fire roads, you know, that go through like land that you can ride on, but it's not like any, any kind of like real trails until you like kind of get up to like Atlanta or something like that. At least it seemed like they were very spread out, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, you're right. Yeah. So I was telling him at the time, I was like, dude, you should just get like a gravel bike. Dude, I know it's not a mountain bike, but you're going to have like way more fun on that. You know?
1: Yeah. I used to say, I'm like, I would ever want to ride a gravel bike. I just ride a mountain bike, but um in places like that, a gravel bike just makes sense because you can at least go on dirt roads. You can't go on single track. You know, yeah. if you've got enough skills, you can ride Whistler with it. So, I mean, yeah, right. it's yeah. it's not like they're really, you know, holding anybody back, uh, especially for what they're intended that, for.
0: Yeah, it at least give you that sense of adventure that you feel from going off a paved road, you know? Yeah, totally. So, but yeah. So So anyway, so you're looking around for trying to figure out trails or whatever. And so how did you get in? I wasn't even doing doing, that. Yeah.
1: I I wasn't even doing that. I had that mountain bike. Um, I had heard of Santos. So I, I took it up to Santos and I rode around some green trails one time, brought it back home. I looked at a bunch of stuff there. It was like, Whoa, this is way above my pay grade. Um, and, uh, I rode there once and then something happened with, uh, Health-wise, nothing serious. Just like in my gut, like I couldn't absorb fluids. Like I I couldn't get hydrated. So road biking was like miserable. Right. Um. So, but I wanted. I was already like hooked into activity and doing something. Right. You know, going doing something kind of big Saturday mornings, and my wife hooked me up with a friend of mine, uh, who's a friend of mine now, but there were you know kind of like work colleagues a little bit, Mm -hmm. and I had met him way back anyhow. And he was mountain biking, and so right. Um, she set she set us up. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to this place here on this day," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'll, if it's okay, I'll join you." And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And so, I, and what I didn't know is my wife is in the background telling, telling him how good I am. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. They'll tell him I'm good, and and we show up there, and there's five. But she's telling him that you're car. a
0: good mountain biker. Yeah.
2: Oh like, shit. <laughs>
1: Because she sees me wheelie around while I'm riding with her when she jogs. That's what I would mountain bike with. I would ride yeah. my bike, but she jogged the neighborhood and I would like wheelie around and like bunny hop the curb and stuff or whatever. Right,
0: right. So she's like, he's almost pro. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so five guys pile out of suburban and they've got a north shore rack on the back with all these badass mountain bikes on it and right one dude gets out my the guy that i was riding with he puts a full pace helmet on and he's getting pads on and everything i'm like what are we what are we doing here and they were like oh don't worry about it. he wears that riding around his neighborhood and i'm like i don't know if this is joking or yet i'm like all right i'm just gonna hang out in the back here i'll follow you guys in right and like 100 yards into the trail, the guy with the full face helmet and all the pads goes OTB and knocks the air out of himself. And (laughs) he's like, (gasps) and and I was like, all right, maybe that's warranted for him. (laughs) (laughs) And it ended up, it was like, we rode at one of the most technical places around here and we did almost every trail. And, um, they were all like really surprised like how long have you been mountain biking? And I was like this is pretty much my first day off-road and they're like what? How is this possible? And I was cleaning stuff that they weren't like punchy climbs and some steeper little drop stuff and I guess it just felt a little natural to me and they were they actually like questioned me like well how how is it that this is possible? I guess they didn't believe that I was just off-roading essentially for my first time. Yeah. And um I guess we chalked it up to like my skateboard background, like just uh-huh. having like like the ability to know where your body is in space and, yeah, and like really how sense. to move things, I guess. Yeah. Um, so maybe that well, gave I mean, me a little I head start. Also,
0: like at that point, very accustomed to your to riding a bike and shifting and braking and like even though yeah. road biking is not a direct correlation to mountain biking, there is a lot of things that a, new mountain biker typically is is tripping about you know like shifting yeah. and hitting the dropper or weight wherever you know cornering all those things you know and i think right so you kind of had a, a really good foundation to kind of build off of and i would imagine the skateboarding boarding part probably uh maybe took a little bit of the fear factor away of like hey i'm gonna roll over this i'm you're used to dropping in on a half pipe or something like that or a skate park or something
1: and, well, I remember that day, there's there's this one feature, this place Carter Road, they have this, um, these three trails are called Three Fingers and because they're little peninsulas that jet out into like the swamp and they're, so you're riding on this tall ridge, it's like 25 feet down to the water
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, on the third finger, there's this big like mound that you kind of, it's a steep roll and there's several ride uh, around lines on it. And I got up to the top and I remember thinking, I was like, well, you got this expensive bike, let it do its work. (laughs) And I just like dove into it. (laughs) And and they were like, whoa. I think that's actually The bike's supposed to be able to handle this, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, once again, you did have a level of skill, but I think that more often than not, if we approach things with that attitude, we probably would be a lot like successful pretty often, because those bikes are amazing, man, you know?
1: Yeah, the bikes today are just like, they're stupid good. There's like yeah. no bad bike out there, period. Yeah. It's, I mean, once you get to a certain price point, unfortunately, yeah. there's just nothing bad.
0: What do you think like, that number is? Like two grand?
1: I was thinking, you know, if you get anything over 1500 for a hardtail, yeah. you're set. If you yeah. get like, like 2250 for a, a full suspension, yeah it's as good as any six thousand dollar bike it'll yeah. do everything it'll a six grand bike will do yeah it's just a matter of preference and feel and in that yeah. kind of thing
0: yeah i mean all the all the like bells and whistles that you get from there up are really like yeah preference and feel and i mean they make like incremental changes in ride quality instead of like huge gap changes, you know? Like Like, a a dropper or no dropper. Yeah, yeah. From like a Walmart bike to a $1,500 bike is like, you could meet a person that doesn't ride a lot of bike and you're gonna notice the difference, like pretty. Yeah, you put them on
1: one bike and then put them on another. Like they'll be like, oh yeah, this is the one I want. Yeah. immediately.
0: Yeah, that would be fun to do. That sounds like a good video. Go to like a pump track with like a cheap Walmart bike and a good bike like people that don't ride bikes, they don't they don't know the difference between the names, right? I mean Walmart nah. sells a shitload of bikes because they got cool cool paint schemes and stuff, right?
1: And they I mean, say how... off-road capable. And yeah, yeah. So they say some weird stuff like hydro or carbon. Because, yeah, right.
0: That'd be interesting to see like what people's take, like complete noobs take were on the two different bikes. Yeah, you know, it would be. Yeah. You know, like
1: you said, like when you when you start upgrading stuff, I'm looking at my bike now and it's like those, like pr- those e wing cranks, you know, that we we're talking about before. Um, for like those of guy you guys that do not riding, are,
0: those are cranks. I, oh, yeah, you said cranks. It, it was a little muffled on my end. So, uh, they're like titanium cranks. So, him and I had yeah. a conversation about these about a week ago
1: titanium cranks, and they're stupid expensive. Um, but you, you put that on a, on, if you take somebody's, bike and put those Mm E-wing cranks on them and the guy's been riding for even six months, probably not feel a difference. Yeah. But if you've been riding for a year or more and you're really in tune with everything, then you notice a difference. It's, it's, it's actually more substantial, the more in tune you are with everything. Yeah. Um, I personally, I got the, uh, I got the E-wing cranks because of that. I I did the same thing recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So those of you guys that
0: are listening, the um, part of the carbon crank that he's holding in his hand that goes around the bottom bracket is just snapped from the top and kind of looks like Pac-Man trying to go... Yeah, this is the other side of it. Yeah, it's
1: just pulled right off of it. I did the
0: exact same thing.
1: Unfortunately for me, um, I was going... I have a Garmin computer that keeps track of my jump metrics. Yeah, yeah, the hang time stuff. So it keeps track of, for every jump, it keeps track of um, your distance, your hang time, and your speed. And so yeah. I looked at, I, I crashed on a jump, and I went back and I looked at that at the data, and I was going 23 miles an hour for that jump. Mm-hmm. And when I landed, that crank arm broke. And that was pretty sobering
0: <laughs> because
1: yeah. I... I have a buddy who's broken two sets of XX1 cranks um, and he's not a hard charging rider. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say he does his biggest stuff as I was doing and he's broken two sets. And I was like, I just brushed it off because he sweats so much. He's always got to wash his bike. I'm like, it's just your sweat eating everything. And, yeah. Um, here mine broke. And I was like, man. And so I'm like, nah, no more carbon cranks. And I mean, I like carbon bikes, I like carbon bars. Um, but I tell you, if I have a carbon bar that just snaps for no particularly good reason, I probably won't have carbon bars anymore. But I'm trying to push that out of my head. Right
0: now, my carbon bars look like like you gave them to somebody's dog and he chewed on them for a while. And uh all my friends are like, dude, you should replace those. I'm like, dude, they're fine. And so So the day when they break and you guys are like, man, what happened to biker? He hasn't made any videos in a while. That's probably why. (laughs) But
1: uh, that scared me a little bit. Like I, I went on my, got on my other bike that had carbon cranks on it too. XX1s for that matter. And the next week I rode it. And every time I, like I did that same jump and I was like, like I was actively trying to land softer all the time. And I was like, I'm, I i do not want to deal with this when I ride. I got, I got too many problems. When I yeah. ride, I don't need another one like that.
0: So that's what um, messed me up, man. I when I when I separated my shoulder, my fork failed and um dude, it took me a couple years honestly to be back to the level of confidence that I'm at now of like trusting all my my gear, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Because I never before that ever considered that there was a possibility that my gear could fail. You know, it was always like in my head, like the reason that you're gonna crash and get hurt is because you're doing something that you can't handle. You know, right. you're out of your yeah. league, you're, you fucked up, you slipped your foot or you know what I mean? Like those were all the reasons that I thought of why I would get hurt. I never thought like your crank could break, your your fork could fail, your handlebars could snap. Like never thought about that, you know?
1: Yeah, totally. Like I was, before those cranks broke, I was going through like a spell. I was like waiting for the third time to crash. Yeah. Cause I, I crashed twice before that. I was yeah. like, I know they come in three, so I'm waiting for it. <laughs> and, uh, and after that day, I was like, Hey, look at that. It, you know, it wasn't my lack of skill or my mental mistake that caused the crash this time. Yeah. It was a mechanic, you know, a mechanical failure. And yeah. I was happy about it that day because it wasn't me. And yeah. then, um, as time wore on a little bit, you know, the next week or so, cart, and I was like, well, what else is going to fail? <laughs> like,
0: right, right.
1: I'd yeah, no, these XX mess- one cranks.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't mess with you, man. When I when mine broke, I I don't know what exactly happened when they broke, but or like what led up to it. But I remember through the ride that I kept hearing this like like kind of like a a a, no- like a a noise like like I knew there was. Like I was, I didn't, I couldn't figure out what it was though. And it was like when I was like hammering on the pedals, you know? So we did this like downhill section. And then after that, it was like this kind of like chill stuff that we were doing. And I would hear it like whenever I just start like getting on it. Right. And in my mind, I was thinking like, oh, it's like the bottom bracket, the bear, one of the bearings just gave up finally, you know, or something like that. It's kind of what it sounded like. And um, we did this. And I'd say that happened about two miles into like a 10 mile ride, um, this little Mm -hmm. loop that we did. And right at the end of that ride, the last like mile and a half or so is all this downhill run, just super fast. Right. And I remember going off of like a little drop or something like that. And I remember hearing like the like crack, like something like, like almost the sound that it makes when you get a big stick in your, in your, your spokes and you break a couple spokes like like mm-hmm. that kind of noise. And I knew that right after that, there was this little like foot, foot and a half drop. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know what that was, but that didn't sound good. I should take this drop like, like easy. You know what I mean? Cause like yeah, yeah. you on the PR that you're trying to get right now and it, let's just see what happens. And when I went off of it, as soon as I landed, my foot just hit the ground. And it, my, my crank looked exactly like what you showed. You could see the metal underneath it. The top was blown out. I think. I Is it a SRAM had, crank? Yeah, yeah, it was. I thought I had it hanging up here too. I'm trying to see.
1: Yeah, they weren't. Mine broke. Ex- yeah. If yours broke exactly like mine, mine broke exactly like my buddy's two other sets of cranks did. And yeah. SRAM warranted both of his. Yep.
0: Yeah, exact same thing, man. They warrantied it.
1: They warrantied both of my friends, but they didn't warranty mine. And I'm like, I was like really, really wanting to go on a social media rant about yeah. SRAM, Ram. Uh, but I decided not to. I was like, you know what? Just alleviate the problem. I got those E-wings now on both my trail bikes and don't have any more money. So yeah. Problem solved. At least the crank are problems. Are. What
0: are they? They're like nine hundred bucks or something, aren't they? Eight, nine hundred.
1: Unfortunately, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to get like a discount from them because now I've got, um, I've, well, I guess I started it, but I didn't sell them all. Another friend of mine who works at one of the works at the local mountain bike shop sold mm-hmm. them all. But um, we kind of planted the seed together. Maybe I'd like to say. But mm-hmm. now I think we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've sold like seven or eight sets of those cranks, maybe even more, maybe ten yeah. sets of those cranks since I've got those.
0: Yeah, like, they should have hooked you up.
1: They're I'm going like, that copies. they did
0: Like, did you did you you told them that you know, like kind of your social media status, or you were just like, Hey, I'm some
1: dude, I want a discount. No, like um, I bought I bought them directly from uh, Cane Creek, uh-huh. and um so I, I didn't. I didn't really ask for anything. You know, this was everything was still like in short supply, and yeah, so it. it's like right it. now I just there's just aren't really any discounts to be had in the bike industry. Yeah, like, yeah. There's so much demand and so little supply that there there's no real incentive for them to give anybody any discount. So yeah, I, I was heard. like, whatever. Plus, I didn't you want should- to be a slave to them on social media or anything like that. Yeah, should have been like,
0: you know who I am. <laughs> you know who I am.
1: <laughs> That's funny. So, they're they're like they'd be like, no, I don't.
0: So the people that are listening have no idea that in the background you have like two Yeti frames hanging on the 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 wall. Before we get into those frames, like, what is it that you do that you just got like Dennis bikes hanging on the wall as art, man? Um, what's your What's your day job? <laughs>
1: Well, they're, they're all broken. They've been uh, okay. warrantied. So uh, they're not just like, I didn't just upgrade my bike and just keep that frame. Right. Any, any working Yeti frames that I have upgraded from, I have sold and uh, okay. use that money to fund the next build. So like go. anybody else, disclaimer, so the 4.5. <laughs> um, I didn't break this bike at all. The front triangle along the head tube. And if we figured out that, um, somebody at competitive cyclist or some other online retailer uh was maybe they had somebody green building the bikes and when they pressed the headset cups h- cups into the head tube they uh-huh. were maybe getting them crooked and they were causing some stress cracks on the head tube. Oh. And so Yeti warranted that um, through competitive cyclists. And then so the they didn't you, like, got cut it up in pieces or anything though? Or is it Well like- they they asked me to send it back, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Still working on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I got the box upstairs somewhere. But yeah, um, yeah, I got it. The rear triangle had this weird sound to it, and we finally figured out through. I found somebody on YouTube that uh, posted a video of it, of him figuring out what his was, and it's the rear derailleur hanger, goes through the the frame, mm-hmm. and it was, it's either the frame or the derailleur hanger is out of spec, and it was making it made a weird noise, like a creaking noise, but it was just constant, and wow. so they gave me a new rear triangle for that um and yeah they were like you know just send it back so you know we make sure nobody uses it and i legitimately forgot to send it back for like three weeks they sent me an email and i'm like oh my gosh i'm so sorry i'm out of town right now when i get back into town i'll send it and then i got back into town and totally forgot about it yeah and they gave up they didn't ask for it again and then i came across it in a box and i was like oh man and i was like hmm let me think about this for a second so yeah. I just hung on to it. And then by this time, I broke that rear triangle on this SB5. You can't really see it right there, but that's the one I broke in snowshoe. And then the front triangle, the SB5, got some kind of top tube crack in it uh, that they said they'd seen a, a stretch crack there before. So they warrantied that and I had to buy a new rear triangle. So mm. and they wanted me to send that back to But I mean, the whole deal with them sending it was sending it back is so that they make sure that you don't sell it to somebody. Yeah, and so yeah. I feel like uh, I'm not selling it to anybody. I wouldn't sell it to anybody. So yeah, um, I'm not like really. I'm not breaking the spirit of the law.
0: Yeah, you should rule. just be like, 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 dude. You want me to send you a picture like every week of where it is on my wall, <laughs> right? I will give you guys access to my my ring camera in my garage. You can check on it whenever you want.
1: <laughs> yeah, and those are those are a set of trail wheels that I bought. My first set of trail wheels that I bought, and I broke one. On a very square-edged rock, and um, they actually warranty that for me. Noble did, and uh, they hooked me up with their TR38, their enduro wheel, which I've been rocking ever since then on both of my trail bikes, hardtail and the Yeti. Mm. And uh, I just decided to upgrade the front one too. And so, why not put them on the wall?
0: So you work for the FBI? You don't want to tell me you're you're like <laughs> you what? You work for the FBI. You don't want to tell me. You're dodging my question, man. What's what the was your job, question, dude? The, well, what's what's oh, my day job? job.
1: Yeah, um, I uh, I own a floor covering business. That's awesome, man. Don don So yeah, glamorous. It yeah,
0: yeah, It was probably <laughs> yeah, better to tell all the other stories.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah actually, if I would have known you were going to ask that, I'd have had something prepared. Yeah, something, right. Something yeah, you don't know who leave. I am,
0: dude. I could make or break this business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Yeah. Right. Probably have people you watching the last
0: few minutes have like done one of two things, and I'm not sure which one it is yet. You've either made me never want to buy a Yeti or <laughs> very inquisitive of what the hell you're doing riding wise to be breaking these frames.
1: Well, like I said, that one I didn't break.
0: Yeah, I didn't break the rear triangle. Oh, you said the rear triangle was out of spec. But the the
1: the SB5, I threw against a hard rock at Snowshoe Bike Park. So I broke the rear triangle, basically. (laughs) Yeah. In the middle of an OTB. Yeah. And then there's a chance that the front triangle could have been caused by a crash. Um, Yeah. It was briefly on Alex's channel um, Uh when we were riding a place called Drunken Monkey. Uh And we found this brand new cool jump and we're like, let's go back and hit it. And we were like, let's take it easy. And we're like, okay, great. And I proceeded. This is, this is the day I learned about the shape of jumps and, um, how the, how they affect you in the air. This is, this was a hard lesson. Um, I overshot the jump by like seven feet and landed on the front wheel. I rode on the front wheel for a little while and then, um, was going to a tree. So I tried to not save it anymore and jumped off, but, the inside of my ankle did hit the top tube pretty much right where it's cracked. And my mm-hmm. ankle hurt for like two months. So there's a chance that my ankle broke the top tube on the,
0: so your the ankle is like legitimately harder than carbon. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the theory. Like if you ever need to like hammer a nail in, just freaking use your ankle.
1: <laughs> I see crazy. those movie Thai guys. I'm like, Oh no. No, right. Dude, I can't even walk to
0: the bathroom across the carpet floor with no socks on, dude. So, like <laughs> <laughs> I always say like if I was an Indian, I'd be like chief sissy foot dude or something like that.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, I'm the same way. I don't know why, but when I grew up, I never went anywhere barefoot. I yeah. always had shoes and socks on. Like it's that my feet are just useless. Like if I go in my own pool for like 2 hours, yeah. M- my feet are bleeding. Yeah, I it think was I was 30
0: before I had a pair of flip-flops, dude. It was like, yeah, like always shoes and socks,
1: man. <laughs> yep, that's yeah. how I rolled. I don't know why. You wouldn't think Florida Man would be that way, but... Right. <laughs> that's how it happened.
0: That's good stuff, man. That's definitely good stuff. So you're you're full on the Yeti tribe. They should make you an ambassador or something, dude.
1: Eh, whatever. They yeah, don't know me. Yeah. They don't care about me. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't really care about them. Yeah. But... I just like like that's the thing. I'm not a I'm not a Yeti fanboy. Like, yeah, I don't care if it was a Hyundai bike. If it was mm-hmm. that frame, I'm I'm gesturing to the bike I ride now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it were the exact same frame and had a different badge on it, even if it said Santa Cruz, I'd probably still ride it. Oh, and really? that says a lot. You don't like the yeah. Santa Cruz, huh? <laughs> I dislike I, Santa Cruz more than I like Yeti. All
0: right, guys. Streams over. <laughs> <laughs> We're done talking here. <laughs> yeah. Um, oddly enough, I feel the same way about the Bronson. I, I understand what you're saying because that bike, I just love the way it rides. I love everything about it. And um I I apparently today love throwing it at rocks too. But I mean, it's Ooh. still like it's been a it's been a great bike, and the last it seems like every time they revise it, it's better. And um <sighs> I would guess. I mean, I guess you would say that in a sense, I am a fanboy because the first bikes that I look at when I'm considering something else is a Santa Cruz. But I think that's really built off of how happy I am with what I have. And yeah. if I got on another bike that just blows my mind, then I'm fine with buying that. You, you know, mm-hmm. they, it's definitely not like that's the only thing I want to buy. But it's um, like when I bought my chameleon, I there there wasn't i wasn't seeing other hardtails that had what i wanted out of right No, and it was like well guess i'm gonna be a santa cruz fanboy you know or whatever so like uh i really have my heart set on on buying a short travel 29er and i feel like that's the bike that's gonna get me away from santa cruz because yeah, I I mean I like the Tallboy. I I like what I what I see with it, but I'm really curious about that Yeti, that short travel Yeti, that what is it like the 115 or something that they have? Yeah, it's like a brand new one. That one, mm-hmm. and I'm also a guy that buys bikes on like what color they are, and I think that white just looks so sick.
1: That white does look
0: sick. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: I wanted and, to like uh, that bike just because it's white, but
0: yeah, yeah. I I built a white bike like probably. Well, it would have been before the channel. So it was at least like five, six years ago. And I loved that thing. It was just like, it looks so cool. Yeah, And uh, I really am interested in that Revel that I don't remember. I always forget which model it is, but the one that Semi Sendy has, it's like they're, I think it's Rascal. Mm-hmm. That one and the tall boy. There's another one too that's on my short list. I can't think of what it is right now. But so with that being said, like I think there's a pretty good, good chance that um is one of those bikes one of those three you know what you the, might
1: want to add in the mix what's that is the pivot trail 429
0: okay yeah i i i think just by the name of pivot that um i'm interested i'll have to look at it see what their yeah, color that, are
1: the switchblade would be on my short list if yeah if the sb 140 went away yeah. um or they revamped it and it sucked. Uh-huh. Uh, the Switchblade would be probably what I would get and I would run it in a mullet configuration. Yeah,
0: is that 140, is that 140 in the rear? Is that why they're calling it 140? I don't know yeah. how Yeti does theirs. Okay, so then the fork is probably, is that 140 as well?
1: Nope, fork's 160.
0: Okay, so it's, it's yeah. I think what I want is because of riding the chameleon, I realized, How much I loved riding a bike that was more equipped for some a lot of the trails that I ride. Not every one of them is a Bronson trail. You know what I mean? Right.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh and I really enjoy that like responsiveness and the like poppiness and the like also the added challenge of not having the extra suspension to just freaking like steamroll shit, you know? Yeah. And uh but on the hardtail there's some amount certain like like there's a like a, a a level of chatter that all of a sudden my 40-year-old back is like go fuck yourself robert you know like like this is not what you're doing anymore you know and so that's the part where i'm like okay i want to build a bike i'll put a 140 on the fork just like my chameleon i love it but i just want a little give to like where my back's like all right we can do this yeah. more often now
1: you know <laughs> Yeah. I, um, well, as you know, you may or may not remember, I have a steel hardtail myself. Uh-huh. Um, so I've got one sixty fork on it and, mm-hmm. um, I always tell people it's like, it's like a dirt jumper in the back and an enduro bike in the front. And yeah. it, it's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I, 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 everything you said about it is as one of the reasons I love uh, it's, all of the reasons I love riding the hardtail. It's like yeah. you you get up and you just pedal, and all the power is instantly there. Yeah, um, you don't have to. It doesn't seem like you have to try as hard to get the same amount of speed.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, that's the big thing, dude.
1: I have teaches a you. Go ahead. Go yeah, go for it. Uh, it teaches you, you know, smoother lines because you're you know you're trying not to get bounced off the pedals, so you're looking yeah. for those smooth lines and. Yeah, it just—I um, feel like it. I feel like it made me a better rider for sure. Like riding yeah. that thing around, hundred percent. I yeah, think that... I like it on the jumps too because it's—you yeah. don't—it—it it takes a little while for me to transition from the full suspension to the hardtail and like jumping and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it takes me like half the half of a ride to get there. Mm-hmm. But um, after that, the hardtail is just super consistent because you don't have any rebound timing yeah. that you're dealing with coming off yeah. the lip. So. I dig yeah,
0: it. Yeah, it, it's um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I have a local run that until just recently, I mean, it's it's not a like super gnarly run, you you know what I mean? But it, it's got its sections where it's it, you're cooking pretty fast or being peddly, and then it's got its sections where you're going through some chatter, like you know, a little bit a bit of chunk, yeah. you know. And um, my time, my my PR on that trail for a long time was the exact same on the the Bronson as it was on the Chameleon yeah and and right now the bronson's only like i think 15 seconds faster you you know Mm -hmm. i mean which is a a lot of time you know on a what is it yeah it it depends how how long the segment is yeah it's like two miles you know so i mean it's not a whole lot of time but at the speed that we're going it's like at that point it's a lot of time because it's like if i if i make a pr better that that's by like three seconds i'm stoked you you know what i mean because it's like I'm like pinning it as freaking hard as I can right now. I'm not making big jumps, you know? Yeah. In skill set on that one, so. I
1: took my, I took my, um, I took the Yeti SB5 to Raccoon Mountain Mm -hmm. on like, like a year and a half ago, I don't know, maybe two years ago, Um, maybe a year ago, I guess. I don't know really when, but I, on like on the beginning of May, I took that bike and rode Mm -hmm. raccoon mountain and then we went back at the end of may and i took my hardtail and rode all the same trails and i had video footage of everything and i was faster on the hardtail um Mm -hmm. going through all of that than i was on the full suspension yeah Um, all the jumps all all of the rollers turned into doubles on the hardtail just because i was going faster and it was easier yeah so and even in the chunky stuff it was like whatevs no big deal got two six tires big fat fork and yeah yeah.
0: good yeah yeah i think for me like on that run i've watched my friends with this the full suspension they'll when we're tailing each other they'll pull away from me when we get into the chatter because i'm breaking to try to keep from bouncing off the pedals or my lines are going to be a little different or whatever but as soon as we get to somewhere pedally I catch right back up because that's that like that instant power transfer. It's like, you know, I get out of the saddle and just hammer on my Bronson. Dude, I'm losing so much from the suspension just compressing, you know. No. And uh, that thing, dude, you get out of the saddle and start hammering. It, it's like, oh, you want to go? Let's do it. You know, yeah. like it's fun.
1: Every time I ride the hardtail, my buddy, my ride buddies, we ride together all the time. He'll be with me. And invariably, every time I ride, it, he's like, I always forget how fast that thing is. Yeah, because he's right by me. He's like it's like having to work a little harder. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's super rad. So Mr. Tonka, how would
1: you come up with that? It's kind of silly. Um yeah, let's hear it. it was just uh so my wife had a she likes old trucks. She had a ninety-six Bronco and she loved the older Broncos, so she we found a sixty-six Bronco. So she had the first year and the last year of the Broncos were made, of course, until now. Right. But um, um, the '66 Bronco, she named it Tonka, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it was yellow with a with a black stripe on it. And, yeah, yeah, so um, like the
0: Tonka trucks when we were kids.
1: Right. And so she named it Tonka, and it ended up being somewhat temperamental. So <laughs> um, I don't know if if you know anybody like women that name their their things. Like she names all of her bikes are guys. They're all yeah. like everything she names like her her cars or boys or bikes boys or whatever Yeah, else. yeah. Um and so because that Bronco was temperamental it was Mrs. Tonka. And it was Mrs. Uh, Tonka. Yeah, so it was <laughs> okay. it was she named that one a girl. And so then we got rid of that one and she got another 66 Bronco and this one was beefier tires it wasn't temperamental it was like it was like a stud and so she named mm-hmm. it Mr. Tonka. And sometime later, I was probably, I was probably trying to, must've been like a chat room or something like that, or, or like a forum. That's what yeah. it was. It was a car. It was a BMW car forum. Uh-huh. And um, I was looking for a login and uh-huh. I was like, nope, taken, nope, taken, nope, taken. And like, and so I put in Mr. Tonka and it, it wasn't taken and I was like score. And then there so every go. time I needed a handle and a place that was like usernames were all taken up, I typed in Mr. Tonka and it was always available. Yeah, and that's how it happened when I created a YouTube account. It was like, um, you just typed in Mr. Tonka, and it was yeah, like, You're yeah, like, you're I good. tried
0: Seth Bike Hacks, I tried BKXE, <laughs> none of them were working.
1: <laughs> Which we should talk about that. Like, why isn't there another Seth Bike Hacks channel already, right? Right, because oh, yeah, he renamed his, huh? That's He's actually Burn a Peak? pretty
0: damn good idea. I'm changing my right. Name. <laughs> I mean, just doing the... Like,
1: like, to-do lists, change channels. Right?
0: I mean, they do it with the websites all the time, right? Yeah. It's like, just misspell the word by one letter. That way you go there. <laughs> you know?
1: Uh, Every time I try to
0: go to Pornhub, I get this freaking stupid... No. <laughs> maybe I'm kidding. Maybe I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That's yeah, funny. so that's
1: all it was. I mean, and it just kind of stuck. and And for a YouTube channel, it just... I didn't, I put like zero thought into it. I just needed a username. Um, And I was just uploading some videos to send to like family or something like that. And Uh I just needed a username and that's all it was. And then um, when that, when the manual machine video came out, I just Mm -hmm. uploaded to that channel and then that was it. That's.
0: So what was the, I mean, essentially that was the channel that, or that was the video on the channel that like I would guess, I I don't know if you, did you have mountain bike content before that?
1: Um, Only from like really lame writing that I did with that gimbal. Yeah, okay. You know, just recording some of the trails and like terrible, terrible cringy editing. Yeah.
0: um, Yeah, we all look at our original videos like that. (laughs) I think um, in my mind, like that was the video that made you a mountain bike YouTuber. You know what I mean? At that point it was like,
1: yeah. I mean, I guess I mean, how always, did you not,
0: I mean, how many views does that thing have?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think it peaked just under 400,000 or something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, and you were one of what I when I wrote the like little bio for the show. Like you were one of the first channels that like, I think did one very successfully. Like, I was the first one to do it period. There was no other manual machines at the time. Really? There was,
1: there was no such thing as manual machine at the time, except for in, I think it was, um I can't remember the online publication is where I saw it. And um I, darn it, I can't remember what it was. There's some online um, mountain bike publication. Uh And like I was searching for something and you click on it, be like, Oh, that's not what I want. But then it showed this, older lady doing a manual in this wooden contraption and so I clicked on it and it took me to a little article where it talked about this guy Steve um Andrakis, I think it is Steve Andrarchus uh anyway he built this he built a manual machine and he had pictures of it I mean built it with scrap out of his driveway and um had pictures of it and sent it into this magazine the magazine published it and that was it and so I was like I want to make one myself and see what happens and make i decided to record it and make a video i was like so it was like the first video i expressively made it was it was a diy video yeah a terrible diy video you, you but, were going um,
0: for a diy channel and you ended up being freaking mountain bike YouTuber. what the hell <laughs> <laughs> you could be rolling yeah. into money right now if it wasn't for that
1: <laughs> it was it's so funny because i i i put it up and um it had like seven thousand views or something like that in, in a in a week or two or I think in a couple of weeks maybe. And my friend was like, You should monetize your channel. And this was back before monetizing your channel it had no restrictions. You just Yeah, yeah. You just apply had to say and
0: do it. Yeah.
1: And um I was like, nah, it's no big deal, whatever. And I was like, you know, it's like if it takes off, you know, I'll wait, let that one go. And, you know, nobody has to watch ads for it. And then and then, you know, once it my, once I get more popular, then I'll monetize and yeah. Um, I'm like, damn, I should have monetized. <laughs> Probably would have made more money with that one video than I have all the rest of them.
0: Yeah. Right. Probably would have made more money on that video than I've made on my whole fucking channel. <laughs>
1: well, like, we've made such a small amount of money on my channel that um, my wife, who's CPA, she's like, whatever. Talk to me when you get to hear. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's like, yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. I honestly, like, this is another thing I blame. Everything comes back to BKXE. I blame BKXE for making people think that you make more money in mountain bike YouTubing than you actually do.
1: Like, where are you getting the money, Brian?
0: Yeah. Are you traveling so much? I talked to him about this, and it's not that he did it on purpose, but I think because he was very, very clear about him having, like, a nest egg saved up and that he's that, that that's what he's living off of. And it's gonna be a while that he's just like bleeding money and he's not making any money, but he quit a good job at 5,000 subscribers. And people, no matter what you say, even if it's coming out of your mouth, that's what they hear and they're like, oh, well 5,000 must be enough to at least quit your job.
1: Yeah, you can you know? support yourself with 5,000 subs.
0: Yeah, and um, it's so
1: far from the truth. <laughs> like so far from the truth. Yeah. Like, like even because like my, I have a handful of videos that the views are not indicative of my subscriber count. Yeah. They're, they're much higher than what would be indicative for my subscriber count. And even with all of those extra views, even if I had monetized for that, that other video, I mean, we're talking like, Two thousand dollars over the last three years, maybe. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. What is it's that?
0: Is is yeah? You can make. I can make one house payment <laughs> <laughs> for three years of work. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's there's, there's, there's definitely. You don't get into this for the money. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, I but think but, but, but Brian than- did though, and but he had a plan, like you said. Nobody knows about this plan. It's. And his plan didn't start with mountain biking. His plan was starting with like, he had a very generic plan. I want to find something that I can do that would allow me to live the life I want to live. Yeah. Um, Basically unrestricted. And so he thought, you know, that's when he got into the sprinklers uh, reviewing and whatnot on YouTube. And um, all the while writing code for pots and pans and whatnot, but yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, you know like he'd been saving like he said and he was this was his that was part of his plan and then he realized that i think the youtube thing would work yeah. um i think he got the idea that it would work with the sprinkler system deal but he realized his audience needed to be bigger um, yeah. not that mountain biking's the biggest audience but um once he but saw it's
0: in the million i mean it's obviously in yeah. the millions i mean if i would have if you would have told Seth back when he was at 50 K that he'd be at in the millions. I don't think he would necessarily believe it.
1: I don't know, dude, that dude's a little freaky. He's, he's on a, he's on a different level than, than most people with, with this thing. Yeah. Um, So anyways, I digress. I'm sorry. That's all right. It's just saying, just agreeing with what you said, you know, Brian had a well laid out plan and, and prepared for it to make that transition. And like you said, nobody, nobody knows about that or, those who do know about it often forget about it and think that you just support yourself with five, 10,000 subscribers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I, 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 I think that my, if I'm being honest with you, I think that my place in the mountain type mountain bike, YouTube space is this podcast. I really think that this is the, the, the spot where I feel like I can shine them best. I, I yeah. won't ever I don't think I'll ever quit making the POV, you know, thought out kind of videos. But I'm I'm not nearly as good at that as I am holding a conversation with somebody I don't don't know or I do know or and making it entertaining or yeah. you know, at least I think it's entertaining. You, you know what I mean? Like I I feel like this is Way more in my wheelhouse, you know. Like, like for I, I don't know about you, but for me, like every time I've t- tried to do a product review video, I realize how much I fucking hate it. You know, it's yeah, just and not how
1: much thing. more in depth you need to do, like how yeah. much work it actually is. Yeah, like like trail features, Joseph. and yeah. he he must be a he must have some type of a research background because yeah, he gets all the data lays it out, includes everything in the video, does a really, really good job. And I'm like, when I see, when I think about doing a review, I was like, oh, uh, yeah. I got a new fork for my bike. Let me compare the two of them. I'm like, you suck at that, dude.
0: Yeah, me too, <laughs> horrible. Like today I watched MTB Savant's um, GX Access video, amazing. Yeah. I could never make that video. I could work on that video for two months and it wouldn't be that good. You, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. like it, it's just like, it's a skill set i don't have and although the cha- the cha- the videos on the biker channel i'm proud of them and i enjoy them and i'm definitely getting better at them i don't feel like that's going to go as well as this will you know
1: well this just there's it's just got like i'm mean, not like doing whatever videos you want has you know um restrictions to it but this like you know you can build this up start getting you know Pro mountain bikers in here. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's not really, it's not asking a whole lot from them to spend an hour and a half on a on a podcast, you know, yeah. from their house. It's no yeah. big deal for them, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. So, like, you could start getting all kinds of people in here. I mean, I already yeah. have.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, I think the thing too is like the more um, every time mm-hmm. I, I bring on another company that is doing well, it makes getting the next company on even easier. Yeah, You know, when, when I can approach them and say, you know, hey, I've had envy on TRP, Osprey, Fizari, whoever, you know, like all these companies, they're like box components, they're, they're like, Oh, okay, well, this guy, obviously, is doing something that all those people talk to him. Right? So there, here's some validity to that, you know, and, mm, and um, definitely, I think the other end of it, too, in my mind, as far as like the monetizing side of it is on a podcast, you can at least I feel like I could have like a sponsor ad from like anybody like yeah. like I would feel really weird putting like Dollar Shave Club into the biker POV videos. You know what I mean? Right. But Especially starting since you out have my a beard. podcast and saying like, hey, Dollar Shave Club's freaking sponsoring this shit, man. I've been using it freaking getting rid of this and that and it feels good and like that—that that makes sense, you know. Right. Hey, I played this app, you know, this stupid freaking pop the bubble game, and I had a lot of fun doing it. And you go download it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like with a podcast, that's very like, you can you can you can talk about almost anything in your in your sponsorship kind of deals, and um, it's just a matter of building the following, you know. And and I think that's that's where where what I'm trying to do now, you know. I wish that sometimes I'm like my own worst enemy though too, because I'm so interested in a bunch of things that sometimes I'm not focusing well enough on one of them, you know?
1: That's the story of my life right there. Yeah. I've got got footage and scripts written for like seven videos, but they're all like 85% the
0: scripts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like, that's your process write the script then film or how do you do it no no
1: it's um <laughs> you're all I don't actually I do, have
0: a process yet
1: I do a lot of BKXE writing uh, uh-huh. and filming you know like like he talks about he's on a fishing expedition you know looking for something to happen and then make a story out of that yeah. and um I just not as good as fishing that he is <laughs>
0: like yeah right
1: that's that's pretty much what it boils down to Right. Um I've I've got some stuff and I I've recently had some more ideas of how to try to incorporate incorporate everything. And I think one of the hardest things when you're starting out and you're trying to tell this story of your adventure that you had, like 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 the one video I want to make I got a downhill bike and mm-hmm. so we were in lockdown. I was gonna go to Snowshoe, I was gonna go to Whistler, had it's gonna go to bike parks in Colorado, yeah, it's gonna go to um uh, Washington State. I was gonna do so much riding last year in 2020 and it all got foobarred with COVID. Uh, but I can see the I got title a downhill right now.
0: bike. I live in Florida, bought a downhill bike. You yeah, know? I why? Right? Yeah, man, yeah why is I'd downhill bike it, dude I click on it. What the
1: hell is this guy doing? <laughs> so you know like I want we we packed up our trail bikes and our downhill bikes and we went to North Carolina for a week and while we were there we went up to Wind Rock Bike Park and so it's like I want to tell this whole story about this whole thing that mm-hmm. was it was like an epic week for me. Yeah. Um, but I want to make an hour long video. That's the hardest thing. It's like just 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 the like take all of the awesome bits and then just take the most awesome bits of that and that's what that's what can go in the video. And I think that's the hardest part is being really brutal about cutting out stuff that is n- less important for the viewer than yeah. it is for you. That's and the
0: thing that I think you're saying that you started out with is like, that's the hardest thing for like people that are new. And I agree yeah, 100%.
1: That's the hardest thing to do is.
0: When I watch just my like old videos. Cut
1: it.
0: Yeah, when I watch my old videos, that's what's going through my head. I watch it and more than like the transition mm-hmm. or the this like or the that. It. Cut. I'm like, should have cut, (laughs) should have cut, cut there. Why didn't you cut there? You could have cut there twice. You could have cut there and then left 40 seconds and then cut again right there. You know, like,
1: yeah. Oh, it's so annoying. Even with really good videos, I think that were received well and, I mean, and had high view counts for me 25, 30,000 views. um, I'm like, there's like, there's like two minutes of in here that's superfluous, like, just doesn't need to be here. And, Um, but yeah, I think that's the process. I don't think you just realize that coming into it and are able to execute. you have to yeah. go through that process of making and publishing. And
0: Yeah. My um, video that I did in Arizona last year when I went to Sedona, I had this conversation with the owner of Eminent Bikes. And um, to me, it was pretty interesting. And I was really interested in the bike at the time. And I demoed it the whole time I was there and like, I thought it played well with the video. And every time I watch that video now, because I still like, I watch my old videos a lot, you know, we'll be kicking it in the garage and be like, oh, dude, we'll talk about some ride and we'll put it on, you know? Yeah. And every time I get to that that interview, I I click through it. You know, it's like I should have kept 10, 15, 20 seconds of it, you know, and instead I have like a minute and a half of the conversation. And it's like the flow of the rest of that video was great i bet you if i looked at the avalanche freaking drop in, in view right at that moment you know
1: it's like yeah yeah you know? but yeah video youtube's just so weird you know i think you you think you have a a, a fun thumbnail and a fun video and and then you upload it and it's like wah, wah, wah. yeah <laughs> and I then you to- have something that's like yeah whatever and it's like Push. Yeah. My
0: how to be a YouTuber video is still probably my favorite video that I've ever made and it's still doing horribly. Really? And it's like, oh yeah. I've changed the title, I've changed the thumbnail. I like I know it's the that because like the retention time on it is good. Yeah. I just can't like I just can't like rope in the right audience with it. And I I don't know. I I, I love think that part video. of the thing
1: for me is like if I if I'm putting that much like, like Brian does his fishing expeditions. I rarely put a lot of forethought into, okay, I want to make a video and this is how I'm going to do it. It, yeah. it almost never happens like that. Yeah. Um, and when I do put a lot of forethought in it, like there's one video that I have that I've actually got lots of footage for it. I've got clips from it. I mean, for it, it's all good. And the script's like totally written and I've got like screen, I mean, I've got shot uh, lists on there and really organized with it. And it's just so much work <laughs> like yeah like it's nice and organized and all that other good stuff but it's just like this this is actually work now and yeah I just have a hard time getting it together I still need a couple of more things on it but yeah. um, it's actually would be my last manual machine video oh nice yeah I just um, one more one more
0: dip in the water <laughs> yeah I agree with you I mean that's the same reason why I put out content like once a month on the biker channel, because the better that I get at editing, the more polished that I want the video. And instead of becoming faster at what I do, it just keeps taking longer because I'm putting more effort in, taking more right. B roll, taking more time to write a script, taking more time to find the music or whatever. And I I love the endorphin high of watching a video, get views and people commenting on it. Like it feels so, Freaking good. Yeah. There's when it's no well way. received. Yeah. It's like yeah. I, there's no way I'll stop because of that. But like you said, it it is definitely the reason that it takes so long is because it's work. And that's why, I like the podcast, I really enjoy the podcast because it's at least for me, it doesn't yeah. feel like as much work, you know. And it's organic,
1: and, it's fresh. Yeah. It's like you just the conversation flows.
0: Yeah, I just get on here and talk about stuff, you know. And like right. the hardest part really is like is is. Finding the people and and like herding the cats to get them on and you know making sure that all that's like played out and other than that yeah. the rest of it's pretty simple you know and um, for me I'm not a person that needs to like have a big list of questions or whatever like like yeah. I know other guys I talk to when they're like I don't know how you get on and just live stream for like four hours Rob they're like it, it like I'd be crazy you know and I'm like I I don't know I open up a beer and I just start talking and my first like 40 seconds, I'm like, don't even know what's, where we're going to go, you know? And and I'm like, this is not going to last very long. And the next thing I know, it's like two and a half hours later and there's like four guys on and we're just like talking about whatever and Shane's singing a song, you know? And like, it's like, oh my God. Okay. That's how it happens.
1: You know? But yeah, uh, that's funny. Yeah. That's definitely not me. I can't do that. I would have to, like, if I were doing a podcast with somebody on there, like I would have, I would have a long list of, questions and topics and things like that. I would have to yeah. do homework before ha- it happened. I
0: have this, which reminds me what to say in the beginning of my um, <laughs> um, intro, because a lot of times I forget, like, after the fact, I'm like, dude, you just built that new hat and you're supposed to be telling them about it and you always forget, because I just get excited. I want to talk to the person that's on. You know, I'm like, so that's the only thing that I write down. And other than that, I also have I keep this next to me because sometimes somebody will be talking about something. I'll come up with a great question, and I am like so forgetful that if I don't write it down, then I've found out that I'll forget. And then I do this, like, you know, where I'm spinning the wheels trying to remember what it is. And I feel like that's boring for people to listen to. So I try to write the question down. Yeah. But that doesn't happen very often. I would have to. Yeah. Because I keep telling myself that, nah, dude, I don't need to write it down. I always remember. (laughs) And then it doesn't work.
1: (laughs) Hey, is the stream okay? Like on my end, on the YouTube window, it's, I got a black screen. Just make sure it's okay. Yeah, I don't
0: know. I just saw Shane. Somebody popped up a new comment at 618. That was like a minute ago. Okay, cool. I have no idea, dude. All right. Screw those guys on YouTube, man. We don't care about them.
1: Especially that guy, Shane. He's such a... Such, he goes causes such shenanigans
0: right all the time doing shenanigans (laughs) so um what's the goal man what's the goal for the channel because i mean you're really doing it on like a it's just fun thing for you or
1: man i'll tell you what it hasn't even been fun for a while but it's not it's not that youtube hasn't been fun it's just that life has gotten a little um a little serious i guess Mm -hmm. um like and march 2019 my dad passed away and I'm sorry man yeah it's uh it sucks um my mom who's 81 she's got alzheimers and cardiovascular dementia and one functioning kidney and so wow. i've been having to do a lot of a lot of stuff taking care of her taking care of her finances my siblings That's are that. all helping out and, um you know so we, my my one of my other siblings is um He's got cerebral palsy, you know, so he's been handicapped his whole life, and he's married to a handicapped woman. They mm-hmm. live at my mom's house, and so it's just there's a lot to sift through, a lot of planning to do, yeah. estate planning and whatnot, and we've just been dealing with it. And on the top of that, the guy that wrote up my dad's trust screwed it all up, and we had right. to go to we had to go to court over a bunch of stuff. And
0: oh, that's horrible.
1: And yeah, so it's all. You know, it just kind of drained the fun out of life. And with riding being therapeutic, it was just like, I just want to go ride. Yeah, yeah. So, like, even when we did go to North Carolina and Pisgah and Windrock, I recorded everything. But there was no, there was very little intention to do anything with it. I was just recording because, hey, you go to Windrock for the first time on your first downhill bike, you record it, right? Yeah, yeah. you. So. Yeah, so it's just what most
0: people do with a GoPro—you record everything and don't ever watch it, right? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Except you hear me talking to the camera every now and then about something sketchy. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So creativity has been hard to come by lately, and yeah, uh, I got this fancy new camera, the new webcam, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's brought a little bit of creativity back because it does some things that my old camera doesn't, and Mm -hmm. um. So and I'm getting a little bit back into photography some, so taking it out on the trails and photographing my buds and whatnot, doing, mm-hmm. getting big air
0: yeah, in Florida. Yeah. Um, it's coming back, you know? I wanna be a better photographer. I really do. The whole reason I bought a camera was not because of YouTube, because um, honestly I was doing fine and I still do the majority of my videos with my Osmo and my my GoPro you know, and I don't even really need the, the, the Osmo either. You know what I mean? Like right, I can yeah, do yeah. it all still with the GoPro, but um, I bought that camera cause I really want to learn how to take good pictures. It was like a lot of fun for me taking pictures with my iPhone and mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. And I bought that camera cause I, I want to, I want to learn how to do that and like take six shots Yeah, and uh, so I can totally, I can totally feel what you're saying there, man. And it, it's fun. It's you know, actually it's- like a fun thing for me to go out and just like with the sole purpose of like taking pictures, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I need, to, I need to go get my ride in and then go back to the car, get the camera, and then just so yeah. that I'm content just taking pictures.
0: Yeah. Like me and the lady sometimes will be like, you know, hey, let's go down to the river and just take some shots, you know, or let's yeah. go walk the dog and I'll bring my camera. Or it'll be like I went down to this business thing with her not too long ago where she had, you know, a hotel and it was down by the beach and it was like, I went with her to spend time with her, but while she was at work, it was like I spent down on the beach and took pictures all day. It was super fun. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, I got so many pictures like that, like just of seagulls flying at the beach, you know? Yeah. Like, this looks like this, like, sick, really close up seagull shot. Shane's actually, or no, I don't think Shane has that lens. Anyway, I had a a long photo lens or telephoto lens and um, image stabilization on it. This was way back before YouTube was yeah. ever even, I didn't even know what YouTube was, but uh, so I was in amateur photography back then, and yeah, yeah, it was just fun. Like you said, you just take the camera with you, and it just turns into a lot more fun.
0: Yeah, it's like a little adventure. I mean, I spent like an hour on the beach just taking a picture of these two guys, um, fishing, and I just wanted oh, okay. this per- perfect shot of the, the, yeah that was good huh (laughs) i set myself up pretty good on that one (laughs) but i just wanted this perfect shot of the wave crashing into like the the rocks that they were standing out on and just like spraying up you know and it was like whenever the spray would be good they'd be like you know bent over in their tackle tackle box or something you know i'd be like ah damn it you know so it was like at least an hour and i finally got the shot though and i was like super stoked about it you know you like get home you're like can't wait to throw it in Lightroom and like touch it up and like i don't know it was it's fun, you know? Were they
1: were they bent over in that in the final shot
0: that you got? Yeah, yeah. They definitely they were they were kissing too. So it was it was it was like it was the money shot,
1: man. <laughs> I used to go to the uh, twenty four hours of Daytona. It's a race down here, and it's a fun race because it's twenty four hours long. So you can go in and watch the start of the race in the grandstand So that you know, the first lap they come by you at you know one hundred ninety miles an hour and. Yeah, you sit there for a while and watch, and then you can go into the infield and watch, and then you go out and get some dinner, and then you come back into the infield and watch some night racing, and then you go, you go back to your hotel, go to sleep, get have get some breakfast, and then come back and watch the end of the race. And there's so much time you can go all over the racetrack and get all kinds of really cool photos. And um, I've got, I remember one night there, I was just sitting there for at least an hour and a half, just trying to get this perfect shot of the one car that was spitting flames on his downshift. Spitting mm-hmm. flames out of the tailpipe, and yeah, like, yeah. I just because it, it was also in hard braking, so the rotors were glowing red and throwing flames out of the tailpipe, and I'm like, oh, nice. Got to get that shot, and it's like just sat there for like two hours, and it's it's in January, so it's can get cold in in Daytona there, so it's you know probably like high thirties, low forties or something. Uh-huh. And uh, you've been outside all day, but yeah, you just, it's that kind of uh, excitement. And yeah. it's, that's fun about photography that will keep you out yeah. there doing that.
0: It's crazy too. Cause you can go out and take pictures for, let's just say two hours. Right. And you got, you get home and you have a couple hundred, you know, photos that you took and maybe it's even a thousand photos that you took, you know, and you go through it all and, and you're happy with like three yeah, you know, if you're lucky, you know. Like sometimes it's one, and well, and that's how you know really you're
1: with that, though. You know, <laughs> that's how you know when you're getting better. Yeah, is that all of a sudden your three turns into like three hundred out yeah. of like you take like six hundred photos and now you got three hundred that are good. You know, then then you come up to your it's like you're editing in YouTube or yeah. you're editing your video again. So you're like, well, which one? Which one of these four of the basically the same subject do I want to keep? And then you then you're like toiling. You're like, I don't know. I like this little aspect of this one, this little aspect of that one. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. They have tons and tons of um, photos backed up on a four terabyte drive, like from long before I got into YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like I have this like separation anxiety of deleting the photos that I actually didn't like. Like I keep keeping them and I'm, I, I, I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm I'm like amassing this large number of photos that I didn't give a shit about and for whatever reason I just keep
1: them there. So. Yeah. I can't talk. I keep um I keep the raw files at that. So Yeah. Wow, yeah.
0: I can understand why I keep the video from the video, from my, all my YouTube stuff. Like I keep all of my files for that. But I can understand because especially now the, the more creative that I'm getting in my videos, it's really fun to be able to go back and grab clips or grab yeah. you know, the drone shot that I took that day, or like, oh, I wanna sh- show this trail from that perspective that I remember I-, I captured that day. like, And that's really fun to have that library. But with the photos, mm-hmm. I have absolutely zero idea why I continue to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. the photo thing is a little, like same thing for me. And actually, now that I got this new camera, like I'll go like, we'll, I'll take it out in the trails and we'll have like, you know, like 250 photos or something like that from a short, very short, like photo session. Uh-huh. And, um, cause you're doing it all high burst when they're doing through a jump. So it's like, click, 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 click you know, Uh huh. and, um, you get them all weeded out. And, and like you said, there might be 10, 12 good ones. And yeah. now I'm just like, Raw files, everything else, toss. There I just keep the, the 12 good ones. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, I'm learning from those old uh, habits yeah. that I don't need them. I haven't I haven't touched them in seven years or eight years or however long it is. So uh huh. That's how I do with my office too. It's like everyone every year I clean it. I was like, well, if I haven't touched it in a year, I just throw it in the garbage. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm gonna throw this uh this comment up. He had a different question, but uh Alex, I, I don't know how to say his last name. I feel like I'm gonna butcher it every time I look at it. I, I know how I say it, but he's got a really fun channel, Joy of Bike. Yeah, he's actually gonna be on the show in the in the future here. But cool. he said he's heading to Florida and he's wondering where he could get a ride in. And I know Florida's obviously a big state, but I would imagine that there's probably some key places that if you're coming to Florida to visit, where would they where would those places be to go?
1: Well, if you're coming to visit expressively for mountain biking, I would say you want to visit the Tampa area. But if you're visiting family, depending on where they are, is going to be pretty much indicative of where you go. Um, If you're in if they're in South Florida, then you've got Seth's old stomping grounds, Markham Park, Virginia Key, um, Grapefruit Trails. If you like jumping, dirt jumping and stuff like that. So that's that's South Florida meaning, I don't know how
0: South is South Florida, like is that like Orlando
1: or is that like Miami? Miami, yeah. Virginia Key is like Miami. Like uh, Markham Park is kind of a little more inland, like um, Fort Lauderdale north, I guess. Uh And then Grapefruit Trails is like a little bit, I think Palm Beach area is like just a little more north of that, you know, like another 40 minutes north or so.
0: What's the drive time in Florida from like from Miami to like Jacksonville?
1: Miami to Jacksonville—that's a drive I've never done, but I would guess it's like um, probably close to four hours. Cause Miami, okay. Miami to Tampa is about four hours. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. So Tampa to Jacksonville is like like three and a half or so, I think. Okay. My family's um,
0: from Pennsylvania. So every time like anybody in my family comes to California, they think that we're gonna have lunch. So they'll like send me a text, like, Hey, I'm in San Diego, you want to meet up for lunch? And I'm like, Okay, so check this out. Next time I go to Florida, I'm gonna send you a text <laughs> and ask you if you want to meet up with me for lunch. It's
1: so, pretty much the difference, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So like I wanted to like kind of get the grasp of like how big actually that that drive down the panhandle was because in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's a smaller state than in California. I mean, it doesn't matter where you are. You can just drive to the other parts. It's only probably in a couple hours, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's for a fair the most amount part. Time, yeah.
1: Like, what really sucks in Florida is, like, if you live in Miami and you want to drive to, like, New Orleans, uh huh. like, it's like driving through Texas. So from uh-huh. Miami to the end of the panhandle, it's ridiculous. It's pretty it far. It takes forever. Yeah. Um, but in Tampa, it's like there's... Kroom, there's Santos, there's Carter Road, and Alafaya and Bomboyette. You don't even know why I mentioned that one so much, but there's like five, it, it. five places to ride mm-hmm. all around Tampa. So if you were right, like where I am in North Tampa, like every one of those places takes anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes to get to, for
0: me. So it's kind of like where I live. I mean, I have a lot like right around that, that kind of um, time space of driving. So that's where you're in the Tampa area. Yeah. I've been and in I would, Tampa before. That was a lot of fun too. I wish I knew that there was biking there at the time. I would have definitely I
1: would consider those stuff that's around Tampa. Um, probably as good as it gets. I mm-hmm. haven't ridden Markham or Virginia Key. I know Virginia Key is really small. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Markham Park has a lot of a lot of like bigger type features than Mm -hmm. most of the Florida places Um, and grapefruit trails is just, it's like a mix between mountain biking and dirt jumping. I mean, you've probably Uh seen Eric and Yuka's video from grapefruit trails. Oh yeah, that place Um, looks rad. Yeah, it's really, really, really small. Um, That's the one that's like like
0: right next to like, all like the crocodiles and stuff like that, right?
1: No, that's Carter Road here. Oh, okay, that's there, okay. Um, Grapefruit trails was where they went um, to like work on their jumping stuff. Uh, because okay. it's all that it is. It's like one and a half miles of jump lines and that's uh-huh. it. That's all that's there. Huh. Uh, it's right next to a canal. Whereas the one you're talking about is probably here at either Alifier or Carter road, because they're all in swamps. Incidentally, uh-huh. did you, do you know how all of our mountain biking elevation is how, how we got, how we came to get it?
0: Let's hear it, man. The only thing that I knew originally, like when I went down to Tampa that time, I remember talking to my one buddy, and he told me that he didn't really do mountain biking because the only place he knew of that was like a quarry that people would like ride down into yeah. the quarry and then get their their elevation out of climbing back up.
1: Exactly. It's it's well, Alafia Carter Road. Um, those are abandoned quarries. Oh, okay.
0: So, okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they were mining there. Probably some type of rock, uh, sulfur, or something like Uh, that. Yeah. Um, but so like Carter Road is. uh, I mean, just pull this thing up and find it here for you. And it's easy to to see what it looks like when you. Yeah. Here we go. So this is um, harder road essentially. So you can get an idea here how those, you can see all the little water lines going out and basically what the, what the land has is there is it's like the tailings of where they were doing mining they piled them up like 20, 25 feet up and, um, then everything else got flooded. So there's all swamp in there now. And this was like early 1900s. So everything's had time to grow forever. So for people uh,
0: listening, it's like you see uh, it looks like imagine like a lake and then somebody just put like a handprint on top of the lake. And so like all the fingers are like going out into the water all over yeah. the place. So uh, it, it's just basically a bunch of water and then all these like kind of raised up la- land masses.
1: Yeah. Pretty so they much. kind of just
0: like go out along those fingers, like along the side of the water and then kind of loop around the top of the finger and come back. And then they go out the next
1: one and come back kind of like that. In in that particular riding place, yeah. Yeah. Um, Alafia is a little bit more convoluted. It's not just lines of peninsulas like that. Um, uh-huh. It goes all over the place, kind of in Alafia. But um, Alafia, Bomboya, and Carter your Road, favorite? you're riding around swamp all the time. Yeah. Um, the other ones, not so much. Yeah. My favorite would be. I would have to go with Alafia. Like uh-huh. there's there's a pretty good variety there of, of, uh, different things to ride. And it's, it's mostly trail riding. You can find bigger jumps at Santos, but, but I think alafia is probably like if you could visit one place to ride a mountain bike in Florida, it would probably be alafia Yeah. Right on. I would think so.
0: You still ride the yeah. road
1: bike. Yeah. 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 Every, I mean, because I live an hour to an hour and 15 minutes away from any trails, Um, I can get on my, I can, I can be on the road bike, um, 15 minutes from leaving the house. So Uh during the week I ride and then usually on Sundays, um, ride with my wife.
0: Yeah. I saw that. Um, I mean, you did some stuff with Alex single track sampler and I'm assuming, so you do a lot of urban riding too, or is that just kind of like a here and there thing?
1: It's more or less here and there. We did a lot of it. Um, at the beginning of lockdown because they actually closed a lot of the trails for some silly reason. Yeah. Um, and there was they basically closed everything except for one trail system. And it was just overrun with people like we just couldn't even deal with it, all the people there. So um, my buddy Nick and I, we started just going to USF, um, University of South Florida and downtown uh-huh. Tampa because there's nobody there. Um, yeah. USF was great because it was like a ghost town. Yeah. And there's a lot of fun riding out there, especially, um, he built a good, a cool little kicker ramp. And there's a lot of parking lots that, uh, have these, you know, declines that go into like, uh, I don't know, wherever, you know,
2: um,
1: can't think of retention area for water, you know, runoff. Okay. Yeah. So we'd set up the kicker in the kind of back from the, the edge of the parking lot and jump and use the incline as a lander, kind of like, kind of like, um, Sam Pilgrim does. We made it really epic all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right on, dude. Yeah, so it was fun. fun. There's lots of stuff to ride out there.
0: That's pretty rad. When I first bought my um, my hardtail, I thought I was gonna do more like street riding and stuff like that with that bike. And um, it doesn't really work out that way, but what kind of bike are you using for that? Are you using like a dirt jumper?
1: I'm using my hardtail, your hardtail. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You have a dirt jumper though, too, don't you?
1: I I do. Um, the dirt jumper, Alex's dirt jumper, when he got uh, picked up by Canyon and got Uh that Canyon stitched dirt jumper, um, he mailed me his old one.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: So yeah, I've been putting that to use every now and then. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's kind of hard. if I had a pump track around here, I would probably use it more often, but there's like really one place to use it, uh, that we would go to regularly, like this place called drunken monkey. And there's a, Uh there's a little secret digging spot called secret monkey. Uh And, um, that's probably, that's probably the best place to use it. But like the hardtail, is such a good bike to ride there too, because there are some trails to ride. Yeah. And, um, it's also, you know, it's still really fun to jump. So I mean, I generally just if I go there, I just take the hardtail, yeah, instead of the dirt jumper. But- it seems like
0: jumping's kind of your thing, man. Because I mean, like if I go when I went to your Instagram to grab a photo for the, the, um, the thumbnail, like you've got a ton of pictures of like you just like sending it, you know, and uh, like the little video clips, and that's kind yeah. of like, um, what do you? Th- is it just like you're into that because there's nothing there else to do, or like <laughs> what, I mean, that's all what's there mean?
1: is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what mountain biking's evolved to here in Florida is basically it's um it's a it's bunch like a of connectors to features that have been built. Yeah. Um, that's that's basically how it rolls. Like, you know, when we go to it used to be like, what trail do you want to ride? And now it's like, you know, what feature do you want to go session?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, that's, that's the way it's, and, and it's not just me and my riding buddies. It's yeah, everybody's doing that. Yeah. Like now, instead of like, oh, this section of the park's really crowded. It's like, oh, this feature is like loaded up with people right now. Let's go over to this other one. Maybe nobody's there right now. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's what we do. And we just, it like we were, I was me. just telling somebody the other day that, um, that we're we're getting a little bit better. And so uh-huh. we're hitting the bigger features now. Uh-huh. And we spend, like if we do like a 13 mile ride, like six or seven miles of that is just sprinting for jumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, Like there's no, there's no downhill run in. You just ride yeah. as fast as you can to get enough speed to hit the jump and hopefully clear it because you're going <laughs> fast enough. <laughs> so my sprint interval training has gone really well lately there you
0: go right it reminds me of bmx when i was a kid because like that's what we did like it would be like right across town to go this spot where there's a you know this jump that we would you know jump over the street or we would you know Mm -hmm. go to this step up that like took you from here to there or there was this like rad jump over you know you had to go through three people's yard and hit this jump (laughs) they're like Clear that guy's doghouse or something. You know what I mean? It was, and that's like that's how we did all day. That's what, that's how we rode. Yeah. And, um, we didn't like, and I don't know, like what. There's probably a classification for what kind of BMX that was because we never rode in like a, a skate park kind of BMX. But we were all like, sometimes we were on the dirt, sometimes we were on the street, sometimes we were on the the both. You, you know what I mean? It was just kind of like, and yeah. sometimes we were just riding around town doing kickouts on everybody's recycling bin and just making a freaking mess of the whole city. You know, <laughs> like,
1: so. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, I mean, maybe if you were doing that today, maybe you'd be on dirt jumpers instead of BMX, I don't know. But yeah, that's probably. pretty much like the crossover yeah. style, it sounds like you're describing to me. Yeah. I feel like I want to like, but I'm, I'm right pre- at home with that too.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. No, I, I, I feel like I really wanna get a dirt jumper, but I keep like, telling myself it's a lot of money to spend on something that I don't really do a lot of. But I, it, I feel like it's like the van kind of situation where I'm like, well, if I had the dirt jumper, I would use it. Like, you know, like if I buy a Sprinter van, I'll, I'll go all over the place, you know? Yeah. And uh I just don't know if it's actually accurate. And they're way more expensive than I thought they were.
1: Yeah, like, you gotta, you know, to get a nice one, you're into like 1,200 bucks. Yeah, and me,
0: I'm like, you know, just because I'm freaking into bikes. Like I turned that 1200 into like 25, like really quick. You, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm like, well, no, I def- definitely need those wheels and I definitely need to get that. And you know, like. Yeah, boom, my local I shop
1: am. just got in um, a couple of pivot points which are pivots, dirt jumpers made by DMR frames. Uh-huh. Um, Nice dirt jumpers they are like 12. I mean, um Eric Scott, Eric, no front brakes just got one.
0: Oh yeah. Um, yeah,
1: same one. And so my shop had a, and like my buddy's like, "Hey, check it out!" I'm like, "Dude, Satan, get behind thee!" I don't need a dirt jumper. I've got a dirt jumper, and I yeah. don't use it. So I don't yeah. need a brand new one. So yeah, uh, but I am like good you, be... like, go ahead. Uh, I was just like you. I I want to make like, you know, to be to be fair, Alex's dirt jumper has seen better days. So I mean, it lived <laughs> on top of Sheila for like two years, right? And um you know i'm thinking you know maybe i get some cranks and a fork for it that i would I, I, the frame is sick and it's a steel frame which is what i'm all yeah. about steel dirt jumper so well um, now you gotta buy a 900 fork.
0: set of cranks
1: for it no not those cranks <laughs> i just get do you know profile um you ever heard of profile the company no, that makes bike parts yeah yeah they're, well they're based here in clearwater oh okay so they're they're really close so i would get a i would get a set of profile cranks you know, yeah straight from the source or something like that because that's what they make the BMX and dirt jumper cranks and whatnot. Oh nice. They nice. make that style. How'd yeah. you uh
0: how'd you end up befriending so, uh, Alex Single Track Sampler?
1: Um you know, it, things things were pretty intimate when you have 2000 subs and you're doing live streams every week, you know? Yeah. And so I I just showed up and I was just commenting and uh-huh. then um he knew I think he was wearing a USF shirt one time uh-huh. and I was like USF and then it turns out, then we found out he was, he kind of from, um, Tampa, Florida or Clearwater area, the Tampa Bay area. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, then it came out, you know, he rode his first trails, their first mountain bike he rode was at Alifaya and whatnot. And that happened. I think that was like, I don't know, fall of, um, Whatever year it was, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, try not yeah, to date I'm myself. Good. But then yeah. that winter he came home to see his family. And so he was like, you know, let's get there together and ride. And I was like, let's do it. And I happened to have both of the Yetis at the time. And he was like, Oh, that would be a sick video, like a comparison video. And so, and it was the first 29er he'd ridden, so did a couple of videos of that. And I don't know, we just got along really well. We we're both really laid back and chill. Yeah. And so it's we're good. I think we're good riding partners. We like, like uh, we're pretty well in tune with, with each other's style. So like yeah. I always say, I like riding with him a lot because he, he gives me like the right kind of encouragement that I need yeah. to get past my mental fear. Whereas yeah. there's some, some other people I ride with, uh, they're like, what are you thinking? Are you thinking about it? I was like, I'm thinking about it, but I'm not really, I don't know if I'm into it and they're like, all right, well, let's keep going. I'm like,
0: yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's funny how there's different friends and there's some friends that'll like, they'll like mountain easy into shit that you shouldn't be doing. You, yeah, you know what I mean? They're like, oh dude, Seth. you got this man. That's Seth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I could I yeah. could see that. I mean, I, I could definitely see that. He's definitely the instigator there, huh?
1: Yeah, there, if you see it, there's a certain smile or a certain giggle that he does and like beware Yeah. if you hear that um, after he tells you to do something.
0: Yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny.
1: We were out at Canuga um, a little while back. He, Alex and me and a couple of friends and we were riding all day at Canuga, like from open to close. And we got done.
0: Which place is that?
1: That's in North Carolina. It's like, um, it's a self-shuttle bike park. Well, not self-shuttle, you ride up. It's a, Uh you ride up to the top, but it's a bike park. Yeah, yeah, okay. um,
0: A pedal shuttle bike I don't know what you call that, but I I gotcha.
1: Nico, um, Nico Mullaly, I think that's his last name or how you pronounce it he um he built that whole park and mm-hmm. it's super sick there's just so much fun stuff there but we rode all day long so um and then when we're leaving seth texts and he's like hey if you want to come over and ride berm uh berm peak i'm like you kidding me i'm like yeah. my legs are shot and you want to bring me into the devil's lair and ride all this like Right. Horrific features that you've built. Yeah. Like uh, I'd like to do a
0: walking tour of that place, but I don't want to ride, dude. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I actually want to ride it, but I want to ride it when I'm fresh and I'm not like totally worn out and starving for food and yeah, yeah.
0: I feel um, like I I feel like it gives me like a little bit of anxiety think about riding there. If I was to, if I oh, was, yeah. to, you know, like there's a there's some stuff that I feel like, yeah, it's totally like in my skill set, and then there's other stuff that I know that I'd be like battling demons to do, you know?
1: Yeah, I would like to give it a go. Um, like when we were when we were going to Windrock, um, we stopped. We were in North Carolina for a while. We were actually staying really close to Seth's place, but um, mm-hmm. when we did meet up with Alex for a different ride. And he was like, he was like, you want to ride Seth's place? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm terrified of more. Windrock bike park or yeah. Seth's place. <laughs> like, <laughs> like as a toss up, like they were both terrifying. Yeah. So
0: yeah. I really want to ride with Alex. I, that's, um, it's probably like the, the YouTuber that I haven't had a chance to ride with yet that I'm like really excited to ride with. I feel like him and I would have a good time. And I, I'd i like to be able to like sh- share some post ride beers with him. Oh yeah, um, I've met him in person. But um it was kind of like a meet up with a bunch of other people. I didn't want to like, it, it wasn't the place for us to like hang out. You know what I mean? Right? So, yeah. It, and every time I've had him on on the biker bar, like we have great conversation and stuff. So I, I just um I'm hoping that he makes it his way out here to the West Coast this summer and, and we'll be able to link up because it, it would be super fun.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the deal is going on. It doesn't look like Canada is going to open up this year again for, for Whistler trips. Um, yeah, they yeah, just that went was back on. Goal. They just that went back on some crazy lockdown this year. Oh, really? Just just this couple of days ago. Yeah. Wow. That's so, nice. and their well, government's splitting up. There's there's one part of the government that's like lobbying for opening everything up, and then the yeah. other part that's in control, I guess, is like nah, we're shutting it down.
0: Fortunately, America is a pretty big country and we got a shit ton of riding to do. So there's a lot of really cool places. And the thing is, is like every place that you know of that's super cool that's on the map that you haven't been, there's like hundreds of local spots that are probably just as rad. You know what I mean? Like we have some stuff here that's like not really on the map, but it's super fun. You know what I mean? And it's not like you'd fly across the country to come here and ride it. But if you were here and you rode it, you'd be stoked. You know what right. I mean? So it's like, yeah. like I just think about that. There's got to be that in every city that, you know, like around everywhere. So um,
1: Yeah, like even if you came here and rode Alafia, it would be a different experience if you rode with me because I'd be showing all the local lines and yeah, yeah. different stuff that was hidden, like little extracurricular things that most people just ride right past. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. That
0: that's, uh, and that's the thing that I didn't, I mean, I've been mountain biking for years and years and years, you know, and I, 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 I took a, a break for a while, you know, about 10 years of my life that I wasn't riding, but I never really considered riding whenever I was traveling somewhere before, bef- mm-hmm. before I started the channel. And once I started the channel, it was like, oh, I need to make content, you know? So, like, if I went somewhere, I wanted to, like, see about riding. And and, and I also was using the channel to try to make me, make me go to new places. Because before I had the channel, I went to, like, it was, like, three places I went to, like, on rotation. And then there would be, like, a bigger trip, a bigger weekend, like, day trip kind of thing that we would do, like, maybe every other month or maybe two months, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, but otherwise there's there's like a couple local places. It was like, that was the rotation, you know? And, uh, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's what life dictated at the time. But whenever I started the channel and I actually started like renting a bike or taking my bike, whenever we were going on, on vacation somewhere, or I'm going with the lady on a business trip somewhere, or my own business trip is like, all of a sudden it's it it really opened up this thing for me that i never really considered before and i love it i mean like when i went to to for a work trip to houston and i drove over to to, um where no front brakes lives austin there and like rode there it was so cool like my buddy got married in hawaii and we we rented bikes and rode there it was just so rad and yeah maybe it wasn't an epic ride it wasn't some you know Whistler bike park or something like that. But dude, I had so much fun experiencing something that's so different than what I, what I do normally. And that is, it's like worth it so much, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I agree. I mean, where I'm finally getting over to Northwest Arkansas in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So that'll be my first time there. That'll be I'm like, I'm just so stoked to do something different. Like, yeah especially like
0: last year, the way last year has been so it's like
1: yeah yeah let me I out mean, <laughs> but like as far as whistler goes i'm just like dying i don't know if you know but like when i went my first time to whistler the week before i went i had a grade 2 separation on my shoulder oh no so i was riding whistler with a separated shoulder essentially uh, and no. so i was just like super tense and cautious about everything yeah. Yeah. So understandably. And I had a crap bike, you know. Um yeah. that was the year that their main their main uh rental fleet, the GT Furies, they had uh they had a recall on all of the 29ers. So uh-huh. they were like like from the gate, they were down like 30 percent of all of their rental fleet. So I ended oh, up with true. this garbage bike. And uh <laughs> no. so now I've got my own bike and um, I was dialed, uh, like I wanna go to Whistler and like make hay, you know, I'm gonna get back yeah. at it. Yeah. But yeah, you know, we missed it last year and it looks like it's not gonna happen this year again. I think they even said something like Whistler specifically was gonna get shut down because they, it's a spreading yeah. source.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Although 3,200
1: acres of mountain air is super yeah. spread.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's really easy to freaking turn this into a political show, but, You know know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I feel you though, man. I think that where I'm setting my sights for what I want to do, like way outside of my local area is probably Colorado. They're trying to, the ride I was on earlier today, some of the guys were talking about Moab, but I I really want to go ride Colorado. And um, I feel like it's drivable for me. I have... Some friends, like personal friends, as well as like YouTube friends over there, that it would be really fun to like link up with, and uh, um, I think that's that's probably my my big trip. I mean, I, I'm going to Sedona. I have that set up already for November again, but um, I think Colorado. Otherwise, definitely, I'm going to go right up in Oregon again. But that's like I've been there a bunch of times, so even if I go to a new place, it, it, I kind of know what I'm getting into. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. we like Colorado. I've never really spent any time there. I've like rode through the state in a bus once, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I've
1: ridden once in Colorado yeah. and uh, I think we did it right. It was the, it was the YouTuber special. I think at the time you would have been excluded because it was the, it was the, the sub Yeti 5,000 YouTube. subscriber YouTube, YouTuber ride. Yeah. You had to have under five thousand subs to be in this ride. Um, I probably was there. <laughs> now you, I think you were just. I think you were just over it. But yeah, it was. It was a bunch of us out there, and uh, we just did the Monarch Crest Epic. And uh, so you shuttle up to ten thousand two hundred feet, then you do like two thousand feet of climbing, and then you get like I don't know, like seven miles of descending, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. So, yeah. Um, um, or seven thousand feet. Sorry. Several more miles. The whole the whole ride was like 37 miles, but you get seven thousand seven thousand feet of descending in that ride. How many miles? Thirty-seven. Oh wow, that's a big ride.
0: Yeah. How much climbing did you do?
1: Like twenty two hundred feet, I think. They For shuttle you many? pretty much to the top.
0: Yeah. Holy cow. That's the Moab one. Is that the one you're talking about?
1: No, no. It's, it's a monarch crest. Monarch Crest. Yeah, so whenever you hear guys talk about the Monarch Crest or Fooses or Greenslick, no, not Greenslick. That's crazy.
0: So that's like, okay, okay, I can put that in perspective actually, because Downeyville is like almost 14 miles. And if you we very regularly do two runs on Downeyville. So that's like 30. So it'd just be like two and a half runs at Downeyville, which at the level of fitness I'm at right now, I could do three in a day no problem. So, okay. Yeah. It just sounds like a lot, dude. Cause like thinking about 37 miles on a mountain bike, you're like, dude, that your, your body's
1: going to be feeling it. You know? Well, that was a tough day. It was, it was one of those days where you wake up, the weather says the high is 72 and it's, you know, partly cloudy. Everything's great. And they shuttle us up to the top. Everything looks wonderful and get all our stuff off of the trailer go into the little general store to use the bathroom, come out, Mm -hmm. hear this weird sound, go outside and there's like mass hail falling everywhere. And so then we're all running for cover. The hail turns into rain. And then we wait the rain out we start climbing and we get on this ridge above the tree line. We're right at the tree line, get stuck in another lightning storm. So we hike down off into like a little area that's a little safer and And we had to do that twice. Um, and so, and then we had, you know, the YouTube brigade. So what was generally done, I think in a few hours, uh, yeah. took us all day. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Literally all here. day. We got back and like all the shuttle company was gone. The only p- cars in the parking lot were ours. <laughs> it was, it was a long day, but it was super fun. I mean, it was right on. super fun. And I would, I would go up there and, and ride those trails. Like, all day, and it's one of those things you can do. It's like you don't if you take the whole epic, the thirty-seven mile epic, you're probably only going to get one run. But if you yeah, take yeah. the other two shorter trails down, then you can get a couple of laps in. Apparently, yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty rad. Yeah, that's yeah, over I'm, in Salida. There's a, apparently good riding out there. I'd, I'd like to ride in Fruta and Grand Junction where Shane is. Um, yeah, I that's, that's that, where some I was of that stuff that, looks really that's fun.
0: The, yeah, that's kind of the the direction I was I was planning on heading,
1: the Fruta Grand Junction area. Um, I don't know why I, I want to ride Trestle bike park. That looks like it's place is super fun too.
0: Yeah. I seen that name come up in the comments while we were talking. So dude, it's been two hours, man. Holy shit. It always goes by so quick. Am I'm right? sure a little later, but uh, <laughs> you're like, actually I've been struggling for the last hour and 59 minutes. So
1: <laughs> no, nah, it um, I feel like, you know, we scratched the surface of, of anything of, you know, any importance, and uh, yeah. and like you said, it's already two hours have gone by.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, super fun chatting, man. I always ask people before they get off what YouTube channels they like to watch, whether it has anything to do with mountain biking or not. It's always interesting, and there's so many channels out there, it's so hard to like find them all on your own. So
1: it's interesting. Yeah. Like,
0: anything got your like, attention?
1: Uh, yeah, I like um, Smarter Every Day, I like that channel. What do they do? Um, they um, like deconstruct like how things work. Oh, um, that sounds right. They're, up they're the guys that made that um, supersonic baseball video. If you've ever seen that,
0: no, that where they shot it crazy. out
1: of a cannon. Oh, nice! <laughs> like an air cannon. Anyway, yeah, um, like they shot it. They shot a baseball. They put up like nine baseball gloves, and the ball went through all nine gloves. <laughs> Like shredded through them. Uh, Um, What's it called? Smarter every day.
0: Smarter every. Oh man, I'm gonna actually write this one down because you know what? I always ask this question. I'm like, oh, that sounds so sick, and then I forget to look it up. And when I'm out here working out tomorrow, I'm gonna look this one up because that one actually sounds really fun and like way up my alley. So,
1: I mean, they've let this guy on like nuclear submarines and yeah. do tours of nuclear subs and rocket science and rocket factories and printing magnets. It's like, you know, it's, it's just a lot of, a lot of cool stuff there. And it's, it's, um, I don't know if it's useful information, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely more useful than mountain biking and info- mountain biking videos <laughs> probably.
0: Yeah. But, I hear you there. Anything else?
1: Um One of the other ones that I tend to watch, um, Man, that's it's there's I can't stuff made here,
0: I think yeah. is what it is.
1: It's it's a very similar channel. Um, yeah. Kind of similar to Mark Rober's channel, too.
0: Oh, yeah. I watch that guy. He's the, the um, glitter bomb, dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's another engineer dude who's been on. I found him through Smarter Every Day videos and uh-huh. he makes crazy stuff like like Mark Rober's um, dartboard that uh-huh. moved around. Yeah. Yeah. Like so he, he, made, he made a basketball hoop. Yeah. He made a basketball hoop that you shoot it and the basketball hoop would move under your ball. Oh, nice. So yeah. Like, uh, or, or he says he put it in wife mode and then it'll move Mm -hmm. away from the ball. (laughs) 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 He's pretty funny.
0: That's so good.
1: But he makes some really cool stuff.
0: Right on, man. I really appreciate you taking the time and I know you're back East, so it's a later night for you. And, um, it was great to chat with you. I, I think this is the first time that we've actually like talked like audio talked other than, you know, yeah. chopping it up on Slack or whatever, but so. yeah, Super fun, yeah. man. It's
1: totally my pleasure, dude. Any right time. on,
0: right on, dude. Well, everybody out there listening, you guys know the deal right now. Don't hit stop, please don't hit pause or whatever it is or close the thing. If you guys are listening on YouTube or watching this on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button hit the subscribe button if you've been thinking about it. I'm um, gonna quit my job, man. I can't do that if you don't subscribe. So, <laughs> and outside of that, I like the little endorphin rush that I get whenever I see that subscriber count go up. And I really had a goal for this channel this year for a certain amount of subscribers. And um, I originally was telling myself that if I wasn't at that number when I hit a year that I wasn't gonna do the podcast anymore. And, um, I'm really enjoying it, and and I, I think I've found the right balance for this, and how much, how often I do it, and how I can kind of be a little more loosey goosey with it. Before I was a little like super rigid, it had to be every Sunday, it had to be the same time. And I think because I've relaxed that, that I'm in a better place with it. And I really want to see this thing keep growing. So if you have a friend that like podcasts, they like mountain biking, tell them about it. You know, they can down, download it on any app. If you have a moment, swing by that app, write a review. I usually check the ones on Apple. Um, I don't know if they're a, a secret podcast review center somewhere else, but that one's good enough for me. So please do that. Please hit the subscribe button. And if you, wanna, if you wanna back me financially, go over to Patreon. You know, if you heard the beginning, maybe you skipped through it, who knows, but a buck will get you in there and five bucks will get you some more content the fun stuff that only Patreon can see. And uh, who knows? Maybe maybe you can be one of my gold supporters. I'm going to come up with like a, I'm going to make one tier that's like a $5,000 tier and just wait for one of you guys to hit the lottery and then boom, $5,000. And I mean, $5,000. Yeah. I mean, come on. One of you guys has got to be like a multi-billionaire, right? Somebody out there is riding mountain bikes and is like, I want to support this fat bastard to sit around. <laughs> I can't make fat jokes anymore I forgot I can't do that I'm not fat anymore and now people just look at me like I'm a jerk when I make them so anyways <laughs> I really appreciate you hanging out with me Tanka. Um yeah, dude. everybody out there remember one thing if you if it's only one thing, it only takes a bike to be a biker get out and be one.